Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. talk show featuring the tandy color computer it's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks and let's rock Coco talk is rocking the 8-bit world keeping the tandy flame alive we may be mocked but we'll never stop because coco talk is rocking the 8-bit world All right, welcome back, everybody, for another exciting episode of Coco Talk. We're here in episode 144 with a very special guest today. How about a big warm welcome to Christopher Mayu? Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. All right, we're here. And Al Hartman's questioning my statement. He goes, another exciting episode? Are you saying we've never had an exciting episode yet, Al? What are you <laughs> implying there, sir? But welcome, one and all. We've already got almost 20, 25 people watching us live. And so we want to go ahead and apologize in advance. We're sorry. Uh, we got a great panel. We're not going to waste a lot of time in introductions. We're going to jump into our special <laughs> guest. But uh, in, in the Hollywood squares right now, in the top left-hand corner, we've got Mark Bosley. Welcome back, Mark. Hello. We've got the celebrity booking agent to the stars, the man responsible for our VIP guest today, Ron Hi, folks. How's it all going? In sunny Arizona, no less. Yep. We've got a guy from California with us. He's California dreaming. He knows the way to Santa Fe, or San Jose, that is. San Jose, dude. San Jose. Sorry about that. I'm thinking of we my We went to Santa Fe last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we got Michael Furman. Mikey's with us. Hey, Mikey. Hey, everybody. We're going around the Hollywood squares from the Glenside <sighs> Color Computer Club in Chicago. Brian, the music man, Shoebring. Hopefully his voice is okay today. Of course it's okay. It's always okay. All right. You didn't see anything, right? So Brian Shoebring is with us here all the way from Down Under. Oh, crikey. Nick Morentes is with us. Good day, everyone. Yeah, I'm normally at the bottom of the list because I'm from the bottom of the world. There so. we go. <laughs> We've got a guy with more introductions than we have time to do, so we'll just call him Jason the Coco Man Reichert is with us. Welcome, Jason. Howdy, howdy, and uh, since we have no David Ladd, I have my Diet Dr. Pepper and water ready to go. <laughs> we do have some David Ladd, though. David Ladd! There you go. We've got David Ladd. From O Canada, where weed is legal and he's a happy guy, L. Curtis Boyle's with us. 
Hello, everyone. I still have a bit of a cough. I'll try to mute the mic before any of that happens. But We've got a guy who gets everything cool off of eBay, makes us all jealous. Brian Weaver's in the house. Welcome. Hello. We've got a guy who's finally done something productive with an Apple computer and put a 6809 in it. Mark Overholzer's here. Hey, glad to be here. All right. And we've also got from NASA, uh, coming in from the International <laughs> Space Station, John Lowry's here. Hey, what's up? We got a guy whose name is so nice, we must say it thrice. So let me start off by saying Nick Marota. Mo- Nick Marota, Nick Marota is with us. Welcome, Nick Marota. You know, I feel so loved that you call talking to us before the show a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me really happy to be here every week. Another Canadian. He's Canadian and he's sorry. It's just Nick honesty. Marota. Nick Marota's here. And last but not least, we have our guest of honor. Our very special guest, which we cannot thank Ron Delvaux enough for, and we cannot thank Christopher himself for being here. But without any further ado, we are going to spotlight Mr. Christopher May Mayu, right? Mayu? That's correct. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you. All right. So this is where we play This Is Your Life. Let me just start off by saying this. For those of you, how about we just do this? How about we do a little bit of a tease? I'm going to show off. A little something from uh, a little something from YouTube, and this is I'm going to call you the uh, the inventor of the color computer informa- informative video series because this goes back to way back in the day. But if you haven't seen this on YouTube, how about we just start off with a little and listen to that music? Is this music done on a Coco? Yes, it was. Right. Learn your color computer. Is it really loud? Yeah. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you, Ron. What was that? It was too loud. Yeah, that? that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. The Coco Sig from New Orleans. And welcome to Learn Your Color Computer. So let's begin. All right. I'd like to say a few words about and you haven't the aged today. problem in the computer community today. Look at you. <laughs> and that's the closet oh, computers. Wish. They're the ones that end up in your closet, alone and neglected, after a few fun hours with playing some games. And this... This usually takes place... That statement right there has never been truer, and we'll talk about that as we talk about many things, but get your Cocos out of the closet, right? And and that was a true statement 40 years ago. It's a true statement today, too. So now that we've introduced a, one of the many things you've done, now we'll go ahead and play This Is Your Life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would y'all like to know? How did you get started in the Tandy Color Computer, or was there another machine before it? Uh, that was my first. It was uh, a Coco One. It had 4K, believe it or not, and regular basic. And is I this, just upgraded it a little at a time from there. Is this back in 1980 or 81? Hmm, that was in 82. Okay. Is that when you started making the videos? No, that was much later, back in 89. Cool. Wow. So how did you get those videos published, like publicized? Or like, um, well, it is, it's very simple. A lot, of, uh, a lot of cities have a contract with, uh, with their cable companies that require them to have a public access channel. Hmm. And 
that usually requires them also to make studios and equipment available to just about anybody that they want to give a crash course to. So we went that route. They so, still do that today. So that was actually yeah. record. And I was going to say, it, it did very much have that look and feel of a cable public access type show. And so you literally recorded that at a local cable company public access setup. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's ultra convenient, right? You had cameras, you had lights, camera action, right? Oh, most definitely. We had all the equipment right there available to us. In fact, we uh, made a trip down to Kinko's one night to make a copy of the manuals for everything. So we'd each uh, have, do have documentation on how every little function worked on everything. The edit controller, the switcher, the character generator, even the audio mixer. Wow. Yeah. So was this actually a PBS station, or was this uh, just a local? That was local, local cable access. Okay. And was all of this equipment yours, or did you have to have somebody else contribute to fill it all in? Uh, all the equipment was made available by uh, the cable station. Oh. Mm-hmm. So were you, given the recordings, were you given the recordings afterwards, like that, that are up here now? Like, were you given those right away? Well, yeah, or? They were ours to take. They were on our tapes. We just get to use their equipment to put oh, it all okay. together. Okay. okay. Neat. <laughs> and were they recorded this on VHS? Oh, no. It was on huge three-quarter-inch tapes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like a reel-to-reel -reel type thing? It, well, it's not real to real. It, it's, it looks like a really big beta tape is what okay. it looks like. Okay. Ah, okay. Uh, Could be the original beta one. The mobile ones yeah. were like about Oops. yay big. And <laughs> the, the stationary ones were even bigger. Wow. Cool. Um, were you? Uh, how many people were involved in the production of the show? Uh, usually it was just two. Me and the producer. Wow. So the producer was did, also the we'd have, the we'd cameraman? We had other people that uh, we had people volunteering once in a while. Uh, we had uh, John Britton, who would work for the local WDSU television station. And we had people just volunteering that were in our group. <laughs> so wow. was this your idea from the beginning? Did you like come up with it and then approach them or how did it start? Well, it started off from our producer, Andy Boudreau, who is no longer with us. And he approached me saying, well, we need an idea to, uh, to make a cable TV show. Do you think it would be a good idea to do something on programming? So I said, well, yeah, we can just go right through the manual for Color Basic and get it our first 13 weeks right there. Oh, that's and based so on the 13-chapter book, which later got expanded. Right. That's an interesting <laughs> historical we were actually gonna ex We were actually going to expand it uh, another 13 weeks to do extended basic as well. But uh, a lot of slots got uh, filled up on the cable station. Wow. So we didn't have room to go in. Wow. <laughs> we got a comment in the live audience. Ken Reichard says, and look how far Coco Video has fallen since then. <laughs> it's gotten a lot worse. Right? So it's called Coco Talk. <laughs> we have a Talk. lot of Lowering the bar. You can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what we did for the longest kind of time. We just worked on that. Every week we got together, did a recording, did some editing, and it was all done. And what did you edit on? Since this is on analog large tape, how did you edit that? 
Oh, they had an added controller there at the station. Okay. It's a uh, it's a small console about yay big. Had a a knob for shuttle control on okay. the player and on the recorder. Set an in point. Set an out point. Hit assemble. Wow. And you said the intro music was done on a Coco. Yes, it was. Uh, what what software did you use? You I think it was Lyr- Lyrica Two. Hmm. I think. I think. Either Music Two or Lyra, I guess. Yeah, probably. Was that the one that uh, allowed uh, putting four, notes in, or four? Vo- yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, music. Yeah. music yeah. One of them used a mouse, and one used a keyboard. If that one, if you remember which way you entered the music. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this one we just put notes on the on the staff on the screen. Was that Musica? Could have been. Music be. and Lyra both did that, so yeah, it could be either. <laughs> it's been so long. I yeah. don't remember the name. What well, was it? A white screen exactly. or a green screen? It was green. Oh, green screen. Oh. So that was music. Oh, that'd be music. 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 Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Now, did you compose the music yourself too? Or yes, I did. I was gonna cool. that was gonna be one of my next questions. Who was the composer? But we have that person here too. So <laughs> yes, you do. that's awesome. Was all, now, the, uh, was all the equipment yours or were you a member of a local color computer club? All the equipment? Was that all yours oh, yeah. or was it, were you, were you a member of a color computer club? Yeah. The stuff that we had on screen, that was, that was mine. Wow. I mean, it's an impressive setup because you had the Coco two, you had the multi-pack, you've got floppies, you've got cassettes, you've got printers. I mean, you had all the accoutrements and oh, yeah. um, I, I don't think everybody had all of those accessories because, you know, especially back then. Well, and let I, me ask you, were you married at the time? No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, so then you didn't have to explain why you were getting more of the stuff for the show. <laughs> you just got it. No, uh, my first marriage didn't happen until 1987. Uh, no, 97. That was 97. Uh, and, and, yeah, she was from Canada. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ron has got a lot of experience explaining his uh, purchases to his wife. <laughs> well, still haven't gotten the knack for that one. It's like it. <laughs> After it arrives. After it arrives. That's awesome. Now, were were you a programmer yourself, or were you kind of learning as you went along as well, or had you had experience programming in BASIC already? Well, at that point that we started the show, I already had the experience. (laughs) I went When I got my uh, my Coco one, I went through that manual end-to-end, and I had BASIC down pat in a week. Wow. And did you go into other languages, uh, assembly or C or anything else after that? Well, once I got into OS 9, uh, of course, I went into basic 09, just like everybody else, I'm sure, did. Some <laughs> of everyone. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, also did, uh, did standard C. Okay. Uh, we did we did a Kinko's run on that one night. Uh, the com- the computer club. Everybody wanted to know how to do it. Somebody had a, a book of uh, K and R standard C. We made a Kinko's run. Everybody had a copy of the manual. Wow! So everybody's writing software. That's cool. <laughs> and and after that, I just jumped right into sixty eight oh nine assembly. Ah, okay. And and it was the it was the funniest thing when I learned that. Because the second I figured out that uh, we had that org function in there to start the the workspace and that we could set a variable, I figured out 
if the first thing we put into this program is a variable called asm with a value of zero, that we could have the program have an orgasm. <laughs> that fits right along with the sine, sine extended function, sex, yeah. from the 6.9 itself. Exactly. Uh, nothing well, like assembly humor. You don't get enough assembly humor these days. You know? <laughs> Kids these days, they just... Uh... <laughs> that, did you progress to the Coco 3 as well, or did you stop at the Coco 1 and 2? Or uh, I didn't actually have a Coco 2. Never had one. Went right to the three. When we had set up a bulletin board system, the, the Coco SIG BBS, uh, that's what we did it on. We started in uh, with some drivers for basic and did the whole thing on there on the Coco three. Eventually, we got the uh, FidoNet software and did the OS9 level two with FidoNet. Ribs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ron Byler, yeah. Right, and we kept running out for the longest kind of time. <laughs> now, you were in Louisiana oh, when you recorded that series, right? Correct. Hey. At, at the time, I was living in Chalmette, Louisiana. Um, in case you don't know, that is actually where the Battle of New Orleans took place. It did not happen in New Orleans. Your, your history teachers lied to you. Ah. <laughs> and but, you're, uh, you're but, in New Orleans but, now, too. No. You're not. Oh, where are you now? No, no. Now I'm in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. When we had the unpleasantness of Hurricane Katrina, nah. uh, I, like a lot of other people in our neighborhood, lost everything. I went to Panama City and stayed there a while. That's where I met my second wife at there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. did, so did you, you said you lost everything that included some cocoa stuff right mm -hmm. the only thing I didn't lose was whatever I had with me which included three changes of clothing um, a revolver <laughs> and a couple of boxes of ammunition you had wow. your priorities in order <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> um when you were in Louisiana, did you then, or do you now know, do you know Boise? Because Boise is in New Orleans, or in Louisiana. Yes, Minnesota. he's, uh, he was a member of our club. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. What uh, was the name of your club? The Coco Sig. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, was it based? interest group. Was it based around the, um, the uh, BBS? No, the BBS actually came after the group had started. Oh. Uh, the group started, um, oh, I don't even remember what year it was. We had started at the uh, St. Bernard Parish Public Library. We had the, uh, I believe it was the second Thursday of each month. I'd go down there just before they closed and would get the key to their auditorium. So how many did you have in the club at the most, would you say? Oh, at the most, I'd say we probably had hmm, at least 30 at one point. Okay. <laughs> what What was your fondest memory of, of your original Coco lifespan when the Coco was new and exciting and everything else? What, what was your greatest aha moment or just happiness moment or surprise or whatever? Well, the, 
the greatest aha moment I had was the, the best surprise and everything. When I got my first program to work. <laughs> uh, it, it was a complete surprise. I thought, sure, I'd have some kind of error pop up. But no, it ran perfectly. You even gave me an okay. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, all right. <laughs> it makes you think that you can do anything, huh? Yeah. How long did the club last in its original incarnation? Hmm, let's see. It uh, The club actually lasted about two years after the series ended. Okay. So I think that was uh, about 91. 91. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Glenside Color Computer Club in, in the Chicago area? I've heard of them. I've never made contact with any of them, but I have heard of them. Yeah, they, they host Coco Fest, which basically picked up the torch from when Rainbow Fest ended, and this year will be the 29th annual last mm-hmm. Chicago Coco Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us have been going there. For at least for me, for me, this will be my fourth or fifth year in a row. Uh, for a lot of nice. other people, they've been going for longer than that. So, um, yeah. and this year's a special one because it's the 40th anniversary of the Coco yeah, the One. Too, 40th so. anniversary, which cool. is. And how many like do you, how many do you think show up at these uh, Coco Fests? Uh, I don't. A, I have no idea. Give it a I've guess. Never been to one. <laughs> oh, uh, so 120. How many? 120. That's not bad. No. Yeah. The only uh, convention I've been to in in the last twenty years is Dragon Con, is that, and they have what is that for? Close to, uh, they have close to eighty thousand showing up. Is that for the Dragon Computer or is that for uh, something else? No, it's uh, sci-fi, fantasy, okay, there you comic go. books, that sort of thing. Gotcha. It's like Comic Con except better. Okay, better than Comic Con. <laughs> There's actual drinking allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you might be mistaken for a wizard at a dra- at a dragon. Con. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been mistaken for a lot of people. The first first dragon con I went to, some people thought I thought it was George R. R. Martin. Oh wow! Uh, from Game <laughs> of Thrones, for those of you who don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. And a uh, couple of times after that, I was mistaken for Dusty Hill. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy from uh, ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a stereotype you key you have a beard you're automatically assumed to be a member of zz top it's just like you can't get a break bearded guys can you <laughs> we're stereotyped in yeah yeah that's cool that's nice very question. cool yes so how, I, have a, how, I have a quick i have a quick question on on the series like you said you recorded it around 1989 now, the Coco 3 had already been out for, I think, three years by that time. Had you given any consideration to actually using the Coco 3 to do some like the more high-res stuff and some of the more advanced features? Or was it mainly because you wanted to get people to pull an old machine out of the closet type thing? Well, it was the old machine out of the closet thing. Yeah, no, none of us actually had a 3 yet. The one you saw on TV was a 2. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that one actually belonged to Andy Boudreaux, the producer. The Coco Two for this that you use in your video series, mm-hmm. yeah. You had an impressive array of of equipment there. Um, yeah, that's neat. Uh, have did you? Was there a period of time where you kind of fell out of cocoing, or did you remain somewhat Coco connected all these years, or have you taken breaks? Well, it was a nice long break uh, after I had 
left because of Hurricane Katrina. Uh, but I'd always kept remembering about it and looking it up on the internet once in a while just to see what was going on. Yeah. Uh, there's an addiction going on to it. I'm sure you'll all agree. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I call the first these guys step is admitting that you have a problem. Yes, this is, this yeah. is a support group. We're all in denial. These guys are enablers. What problem? Yeah. So uh, up until Katrina, which was only a year or so ago, you were actively owning and operating a Coco? When was Katrina? How long ago was uh, Katrina? Well, ago. 2005. 2005. Oh, well, listen, I, I, in Florida, I get a hurricane every year, so I kind of lose track. All right, so that was <laughs> 15 years ago. But up until yeah, then, yeah. you were actively owning and operating a Coco. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I actually had a few other computers around the house, too. I got uh, one of those other, uh, one of those OSK machines. Ah. Uh, I forget who made that one. It, it wasn't the MM1, but the other famous one. What was it? TC70? Tomcat? Tomcat? TC70? Tomcat? By no, Frank Hogg? One of the, or the System 4, no. System 5? I'm not sure. You didn't have uh, a gimmicks, did you? Oh, no. TC9, uh, that was another one? Uh, I don't know who it was now. But they sold just the just the motherboard, and you put it into a PC case, and oh, was that it, was so nice. Was it S one hundred bus? No, no, it was uh, um, a PC bus. Well, that might be the System yeah. Four, System Five, then the PT sixty eight K or whatever it was called, because that actually actually used PC like VGA cards you could put in. Oh wow! Uh, Paul Fitch yeah. is it, Paul F uh, Fitch is asking, is it an AT three hundred six, which I've never heard of? It sounds like oh, a, that that's that's a later one. Yeah, AT three hundred six. That sounds like yeah, a Star Wars droid. AT three hundred six. Report in sixty eight three hundred six. Oh, yeah. I think it's a microcontroller, sixteen bit microcontroller. So it has some extra mm -hmm. extra features on the chip. That was a later yeah, one, was, actually, after the MM one. Yeah, it was nice. I, I, I maxed out the memory that it would take, and set it up to where when it first started, it would load everything into a RAM disk. Ah. So once it booted, it was all in memory. And it's like a cocoa so fast. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did something similar in the in the MS DOS days. If you had a lot of RAM, you did RAM disk stuff, and I would. Uh, I, I never got into OS nine, but I did something similar where I'd keep all my stuff zipped up on the hard drive, but I would unzip it into a RAM drive, and I, all my games ran from RAM, so they would boot up quickly and load and run quickly and stuff. Right. Great it does idea. Make a difference. Oh yeah. <laughs> very very okay, cool. Next. So what are you doing these days? So why don't you tell us about what's under your beard? What's around your collar? <laughs> that collar there? Yes. Oh, oh, that doesn't mean I'm a minister. This just makes me a major chick magnet. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, ordained in 2008. Ordained minister. And for somebody like me who only goes to church during weddings and funerals, help me understand the difference between a minister and like a preacher, for example, or, or well, a pastor. A, or... Well, it's, it's all in the terminology. Okay. A preacher can be anybody that knows the gospel. Okay. Uh, a minister or a priest is someone who has been ordained and can, can do things in an official capacity like sign off on wedding certificates okay things. okay um pastor is somebody who is the head of a church okay 
Now, are you able to and have you ever performed an exorcism? I haven't done one yet, but I do have the information to do it. Okay. You may want to do it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, but, but as a minister, people don't come to confession for you, right? Is that just, is that just what I do? Catholic thing. Yeah, that's a Catholic Normally thing. Normally they don't, but they sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do, and I'll take their confession. Okay. As a non-denominational minister, yes. I can do a lot of things that go on both sides of the fence. No, it, it has been over 30 days since I've programmed on my Coco, so I'm confessing my sin right now. So, uh. Okay. <laughs> I need to get back um, on that. Yeah, say three go-to fives. <laughs> <laughs> save often. Save, save often. <laughs> yeah. He's going, he goes to the Temple of Ram. The Temple yep. of Ram, which, by <laughs> the way, we, we, that's right. Thou shalt back up. Yeah. Yes. Go sub in peace, my Go child. Sub in isn't, peace. isn't that uh, Jesus saves and so should you? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> saves and so should you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the best computer religion crossover joke I've ever heard. So, uh. <laughs> I thought I was the best computer religion crossover. <laughs> I love that. Oh, this is great. This is gold right now. Well, you might have some competition from Brother Jeremy, who's another, yeah. he's a monk that uh, was active in the computer. Cocoa community for years and years. Are you familiar with cool. Brother Jeremy? I don't think so. Oh, you, if you just go into YouTube, and I'm not sure who has it, but he's got a famous video, the Kevin Darling video, where he's asking Kevin Darling to release the uh, OS9. Was it level three source code? Yeah, uh, level two version three. Level two yeah. version three, right? So that's that that I I that video was already infamous to me before, and I got lucky. I met Brother Jeremy at my first Coco Fest. He was infamous. Um, he still is infamous, I'm sure. But uh, uh, I yeah. I, wit I witnessed that in person, Stevie. Yeah, so did I. Oh, you guys were at <laughs> PenFest when the when yeah, that, that happened, was PenFest. Right? Yeah. yeah. Where, oh, yeah. Where's Where's the guy now? England. Why? Uh, he transferred to his church. He's working with youth groups in England, I think. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Questions? So, uh, have a, you ever? Wait a minute. A, I got to ask. Him go ahead, Rondo. Though, have you ever heard of an MC10? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> did you? Did you or do you own an MC10? I had one. Okay. Did you? Never Rehab. got it to boot. <laughs> It was broken. <laughs> I, I, I also have a conf I have another confession. I own two MC tents. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we have a particular um, group of people in here that love it, and a group that d don't care for it that much. It's kind and of named, a running game. Named and, Nick, and, and some and some use it as a uh, prop to hold the windows up in in their home, and they they say it does windows. Right. Okay. And others uh -huh. to keep the door open. But uh, we have a guy in our group here um, somewhere who Jim uh, Gary. programs mad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, we do have a question from Ben Drakes, who is in the UK. He says he would okay. like to know about your game that's called the Caves of, I don't know how to pronounce that, Zlax? Xlax. Xlax. The Caves of No relation. No relation to the uh, laxative. Okay. <laughs> Sounds slick. <laughs> Stay out of those games. <laughs> Sounds like a really crappy game. Yes, yes. So yes, it, uh, uh, it eventually became a very good level for Doom Two. Really, the caves of Xlax. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Did a whole cave of Xlax thing going on Doom Two for that one. It was came out real nice. 
And what was that game? What plat was that on the was that on the Coco? You did that for? Yes, it was. And I'm not familiar with it. Tell us about that game. Was it a, a graphics adventure, text adventure? Text adventure. Okay. Yeah, a couple of items you had to look for, like the elven sword, that sort of thing. Is that still couple available of monsters anywhere? To kill. Yeah, does it? Anywhere? I'm sure somebody's got it somewhere. I wonder if it's somebody check the archive, see if it's on the color computer. The Caves of X. Like, and what did it run under? Was it running in like under Disk Basic or uh, OS Nine? Yeah, it, it was Disk Basic. It was it written wow. in Basic or Assembly C hybrid? It it was uh, it was written in Basic, but it was compiled to an executable. Okay, all right. So compiled Basic. All right. Mm-hmm. Neat, neat. Now we're gonna have to look for that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear about that thing again. See if it's still being yeah. played somewhere. What other uh, what other pieces of software have you uh, produced that we should know about or we should talk about? Hmm. Good question. Hmm. That's going to take some thought. Okay. Well, some of the some of the stuff has been destroyed and gone, right? But did you have friends that had it, or? Uh. Not really. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking a follow-up yeah. game might be the Chalice of Metamucil. That might be something we somebody could work on. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh it could be called Pull My Finger. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say there has to be a floating copy of it around. If, if Ben Drake's from the UK knows of yeah. its existence, yeah. so it's got to be, gotta be somewhere. somewhere. I mean, no software really does. Right. It just gets archived somewhere. So did, now, uh, did you sell did, this, or did you, or did you publish it in Rainbow, or no, just give it away, it or what? Just, just give it away. Okay. What time? That, did, that's how I did all my software. We need to ask Ben Drakes where he heard of it. Yeah, Ben Drakes, where did you hear of it, and where, uh, where is it available? Available. And and what about maybe the Caverns of Broken Wind? That could also be a good name for an adventure game. So. <laughs> These comments on YouTube are great also. Yeah. What about the uh, the quest for regularity? Hmm. Could be a uh, potential situation there. Yeah, so, so let's look at some of our YouTube comments. We've got a lot of, as soon as, as, soon as the name Caves of Xlax dropped, we got some comments here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you for you. Rush 9 version, Ease yeah. of Poo. Yeah, Rob Inman says that was released quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Mark he be a candidate for the Coco 2. Hmm? What was that? Would he be a candidate for the Coco 2? Who's that? Who? Well, the, the free one. Well, the one Stevie's giving, giving away. Say that again. I lost. I, I got yeah. Lost. Would he be a candidate for the Coco Two? Oh, oh, oh! The, oh, giveaway. the giveaway. Okay, sorry. Yes, he yeah. doesn't oh, have any. Do you have no Cocos, Christopher? I have none. Okay. Well, none. we we do have a Coco that we were g- going to be giving away. Um, one, and just an update on that. When I went ahead and and plugged it in, um, it doesn't boot. It boots to a garbage screen. So I'm going to wait for Richard to get back, and I'm thinking maybe I will send it to Richard to have it fixed. But yeah, you would definitely be a, 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 a candidate well, well, for the Coco 2 it, giveaway. It, do not put my name on the list. I got too much stuff around here now. Ah, yes. <laughs> are, are you familiar with some of the new hardware that's available for the Cocos? Like the Coco SDC and gosh, who knows what else? I've heard things, but I've heard ribs and drabs of things here and there. Oh, are, are you familiar with the emulators? Have you played a lot around with them some much? Mm, I haven't seen a single solitary one yet. You must have oh, heard Nightmare Highway, though. 
highway. You need to get to. You need to get to the Cocoa Fest this year. Yes. <laughs> you get to the Chapa. I mean, Cocoa Fest. Yeah, this year is the 29th annual Last Chicago Cocoa Fest with the celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Cocoa. It's going to be. Look, it's going to be lit. In this, in this little box is uh, an SDC you put at the in the end, and it has all SD the software card. that you've ever imagined, like, you know, eight gigabytes of... Uh, <laughs> it's not even that much. Not that much. Cool. But it's like two, many, you know, one gigabyte. Yeah, but um, it's all in this little chip, and it loads immediately. And it has a directory, and... It's the most awesome thing you've ever seen. No need for uh, your multi-pack to be sitting next to it. Although yeah, you I mean, can get one, you much. can get a smaller one. They make a new one now. Yeah, and um, and no hard, no floppy drives. Just this. Yeah, you and emulates a floppy and a hard drive basically simultaneously. Yeah, it's awesome. You can do just about anything you need to do with just a Cocoa SDC. But there's a it's, lot. It's of made other this hobby stuff. viable. I think. Yeah. I don't think it would be as. Uh, but if you don't have room, though, you should check out some of the emulators. Like, there's VCC for the Coco 3. There's XWare that does the Dragons and the Coco 1 and 2. Right. Uh, MAME itself does all of them. Um, so there's quite a few that you could do software with modern PCs if you want to get an itch to you know run or write the old software. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Curtis's partner in crime, Bill Noble, and also in O Canada, he says he's got a Coco 2 to give away. So maybe we should have Bill give his away to someone in Canada so we don't have to ship it far. And we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll still have one to give away in the States. So there thanks for go. that. That's feasible. Uh, yeah, thanks for that offer there, Bill Noble. Uh, or I could bring it down to uh, bring Coco it down Fest to Coco and give Fest. it away there if you want. Yeah. True. 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 Uh, keep the questions coming for Chris. So uh, you mentioned one of your one of your um, first great pride moments was just running a program and not having it crash or error out. Um, yeah. What are some of your other memories from your 13 episodes you did and maybe club meetings and things like that? What were some of the cool, what did you ever see at a club meeting that blew you away as far as a demo or something like that when it was a new product? Well, it, it wasn't so much the demos at the club meetings. It was the things that were going on. You mean like, <laughs> you mean like copying software? No, <laughs> oh. the, the, the usual group activities. Yeah. Uh, like once uh, the the library staff had accidentally left the door to the back room open where they have their little lounge. And one of the members went in there just to see what was going on. The door closed behind him. He locked himself in. <laughs> he locked huh. himself in the, in the employee lounge? Uh-huh. Well, at least he had booze to keep him alive, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, it, if it hadn't been for the fact that one of us had tools in our our car and oh wow could take the door off the hinges oh my mouth, goodness wow it, it there'd have been trouble wow wow <laughs> now, we, you... we never really got an answer earlier but uh we, like you mentioned the the caves of Zalax xlax there what was some of the other software that you put out and released you remember mm. i'm trying to remember it's been so long <laughs> Oh, what did I? <laughs> like you mentioned, you did some work on a BBS before you guys switched to ribs, so that, that would be one, obviously. Right. Did, um, did you ever uh, bring in stuff from uh, like uh, Rainbow Magazine and uh, adapt it, change it, or um, did you even get Rainbow Magazine at the time? Oh yeah, I had got read Rainbow Magazine regularly, and uh, the only thing I ever had in there 
was one of their pictures of the month. It's something called Island. It's uh, it wasn't anything special. You know, it's just a small island with a great big sunset behind it. Hmm. One of those things. Okay. Oh, some he did some artwork. Yeah, but the artwork even was a bit of little coconut in the sand or something. Was it like computer generated? <laughs> like it did the drawing and the painting and stuff to generate the image? Yeah, yeah, those are kind of cool. Did it, did it on McPaint? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh a hand hand drawn. One. Know, okay, I just right. I just put that up on uh, Ron's garage recently. Um, <laughs> remember this type of thing? Yeah. Do you remember what uh, issue that was? Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> Right. That's that's the problem with old age, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the the stuff that's a slight bit insignificant, it slips away too easily. Did you ever have like, for lack of a better term, like a celebrity come to your uh, any of your clubs? Because I know like Steve Bjork used to go to the club meetings in California. That had to be cool to meet Steve Bjork back when he was making new games. Did you have anything like that? Never once. Ah. It was always just a, a just us thing. Local, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's why Coco talks so cool. We've had a bunch of the guys come here. Um, geez, who who are some of the guys we've had? We had uh, Ron well, we've got Rick and Nick are both here right now. We got Ron Delvo. We've got yeah, oh, come uh, on. Uh, Nick Maroda. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had Dale Lear. We've had uh, Chris Latham. We did Donkey King and Sailor Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The problem becomes the it's. Problem becomes it's that's funny when he lifts up his uh, boom mic. I get the feedback because his his microphone's picking up his head. So you got you got some space between your ears, I think, because your microphone's picking it up. So that um, mutes it. There's a little switch inside here. Ah, when when you raise it up, it switches off the microphone. Ah, well, we're I was hearing some feedback, but that's fine. Um, we've had so many people; it's hard to remember everybody. But I'll try to just go through my own mental checklist. Like Rick Adams was our first for lack of better terms, celebrity interview that we got. And then Rick Adams uh, got us in with uh, Dale Lear. And I'm very glad I got to meet Dale and speak to Dale before, unfortunately, he passed. And that was so that was great to get to know him. Uh, Dale Lear, who did Double Back and Color Baseball and DL Logo for OS9, a bunch of things like that. Rick um, did uh, Shanghai and Rick Temple did of Rome. Temple Wrong and Shanghai and, and Delphi term. And Lord knows. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we did have a... A few programs that had their had their wares shown in various Coco magazines. Ah, that's cool. So that's they, they, they were actually members of our club. Okay, we had uh, Mike Randazzo and Keith Alfonso. Okay. Well, oh, Keith was in there. I, I met Keith. Uh, we used his AlphaSoft BBS for quite yeah. a while. We yeah. actually used some of it at work for a bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Rick's here right yeah. now. Rick's on the call, so Rick can say hi. Um, <laughs> if Rick doesn't speak up, I've got a soundbite for him. Thank you. Yes, you're too kind. And thank you. <laughs> um, so, um, no, but it's cool. I tell you, one of my favorite memories from my computer club was seeing the original Graphicom, seeing that program demoed. I mean, that thing sold out like hotcakes. We saw the, the demo of like the four cubes that got animated in a circle and you could move the joystick to adjust the speed of the animation. That was like <laughs> mind blowing. And everybody like the in the Cheshire club. Cat. 
Yeah. So <laughs> it, once that was oh, demoed, yeah. the whole club bought that game at, at that moment. It was like that was an insta sell. That was a no brainer. Let's buy it. Got to have it type thing. So oh, um, yeah. just remember if you had anything like that, like you saw a really cool program where like, man, I got to have this. Oh, yeah. That, that that got shown, man. That was the bee's knees. Oh, yeah. Every, everybody wanted it. Nowadays, you, know, you show that in a demo. It's like, eh. <laughs> in our club we had a, a guy who could uh program music on musica and he would uh you know get requests at the club meeting to make a song next week he'd come back and have the song done for whoever and uh it, it was thrilling <laughs> it was just the guy did stuff it was pretty cool yeah right. uh what is robert murphy saying i'm i sure don't it 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 I sure don't. It looks pretty cool. Was hoping to see it. Maybe if the collection was around, but it seems the rainbow is all I can find. Is, am I missing something before that from Robert Murphy? Yeah, he's referring to the, uh, there was a collection that actually had the X-Lax game on it. Oh. It was mentioned in Rainbow. As oh, okay. There was a, a collection. It. CRT it a, collection. Anyway. Yeah, oh, trying to C- figure out the name. Okay, the CRT collection. CRT. C.R.T. Yeah, so okay. I was like, what does that stand for? All right. Um, and then we also had, uh, we interviewed the image producers who uh, were some of the early pioneers of making some of the software for the Coco before the Coco was even produced. So they had worked on the prototype Coco. What did they call that? The executive wood grain model? Or they had a, yep. had a name for that, right? So it was a circuit board nailed onto plywood. Basically yeah, it was on plywood. With so, a passcode to get into it. So they were developing software for the machine that had not been finalized yet. And so we got to hear some of those stories. That was pretty cool. Um, mm. Yeah. There are some of the people in the live chat. We got to speak to um, um, uh, uh, Jerry uh, uh, <laughs> Buck, Buckner and Garcia. Not, right? not Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia. Yes, so not not Gary Garcia, but I'm drawing a blank right now. But yes, so half of the Pac-Man Fever guys we got to speak to. Of course, we, we mentioned Rick Adams. Steve Bjork has been on the show. So we have gotten to talk to a lot of the people from back in the day, uh, which is cool that, that, you know, luckily some of us are still here, right? So knock on wood. And to be able to share those stories is great. Um, well, we had Marty Goodman on too. Marty Goodman, oh yeah. Um, now do you, um, did, have you gotten recognized like out in public where somebody says, Oh, you're that guy from the, from those shows. Have you ever had somebody just like see you and, and come up to you and say hi or anything like that? It's been a long time, but a couple of times I was recognized on the street. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I, that's never happened to me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Usually when the, people on the street see me, they walk the other way. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that the means cops. you were recognized. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good way. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I'd imagine now, too, um, if you come to Coco Fest, I know a lot of people would want to come and shake your hand because those videos are just, it's such a, it's the it's classic. history. It's it's literally, it's history. And then we've, and luckily we've got them preserved, you know? And you're, uh, and you're like a trailblazer, too. There's, nobody was doing that kind of stuff back then. Oh, I mean, people rarely did uh, cable access, uh, although it's been around for a long time and it's open to everyone. You know, you were one of the few people that actually took advantage of it. Yeah, there oh, yeah. were a few cassette-based ones, like Dennis Kitts did one on a semi-language, and there was a color computer learning lab where you had some audio tapes, but nobody had ever done video before yours, as far as I know. And yeah, Dennis well. Kitts was on the show. Yeah, Dennis has been on the show. Marty Goodman's been on the show. Dale Puckett's been Dale on. Dale Puckett. Yeah. We yeah. got, uh, f- was it 
Was it Frank Hogg? Who was the... Yep, Frank, yep, was yep. Frank Hogg. Uh, Sockmaster. Sock guy from Microware. Uh, Alan Battinger. Alan Battinger from yep. Microware. Yeah. So we've had a lot of people come out of the woodworks. And and, and, and this is like a, a living, uh, breathing thing that we're saving for the future. For yeah, yeah. People that, you know, beyond us will pick up the color computer and go, what is this? Right. <laughs> and you still got a full head of hair, which is better than half our panel here. So that's good. <laughs> so. <laughs> We put we put we put all of our panel together. We've got a full head of hair and a full set of teeth. So uh, and it takes about two dozen of us to do that. So. <laughs> Ron Ron Delvo's beard makes up for 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 the hair follicle deficit. So yeah. <laughs> I have a couple now, quick and questions. Now you've got an overabundance here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. Go ahead, Curtis. Curtis had a question. Yeah, I have two actually. Uh, were you were you strictly a software guy, or were you also into hardware? Like, did you design your own circuit boards or fiddle with a soldering iron in any way? Or I tinkered with uh, with some electronics, but I didn't do major things. I, so I was mostly software. Okay, and then back back in the day too, like before the BBS scene really took off, were you into some of the big online services like CompuServe or Delphi or Genie? Were you a regular in any of those or? I was a regular on CompuServe. Yay! Do you I remember? I talked to you way back when, then too, because like, your name did stand up when I found your videos on on YouTube, and I was on CompuServe starting about eighty three, eighty four, I think, somewhere around there. So, do you remember your number? Oh hell no! No, <laughs> <laughs> I remember mine. Yeah, some of it's ingrained in our memory for some reason. Seven two two oh seven thirty one twenty two. Cool. Hold your, your card, bingo has been called. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, I got my own YouTube channel now. Y'all got to visit that. Okay, what's on it? Sermons? Uh, not whole sermons, but uh, I cover topic uh, topics of religion, plus okay. some topics of humor, topics of technology. Oh, that yeah, that sounds great. What is it? Stevie, what happened over there? Uh, what now? <laughs> so who posted the videos of your he's, he's putting on his, his Rondell Vogue kit <laughs> who is it that posted the videos of your instructional series okay that's Tom Seagrove's YouTube channel and he got it from Boise <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah Boise called me up on the phone and said oh you mind we put if we uh, if we if uh, sell copies copies of these on cloud nine software I said, no, I don't mind. That's the whole idea was to get the information out there. Yeah. So he did that. And then next thing I know, they, they uh, put in copies on uh, Tom Seagrove's channel. It's like, cool. Did did, did, did Boise contact you uh, in any way about the Cocoa History book that he and Bill did? Um, he may have mentioned something. I, I don't remember. <laughs> say say the be- name of it. What's the name of the book? Oh, well, let me grab it here. I'll even show it on screen. And we can see it there. It's uh, Coco, the colorful history of Tandy's underdog computer. Okay. I want to get that book. Where is it at? Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. If you're showing us the book, we didn't see it. It's physical and ebook. Okay. Cool. Oh, it didn't show up on the screen there? Was I holding my... No, I didn't see it. Here, yeah. Try it again. Um, 
Well, just because we have fuzzy spotlighted. Oh. <laughs> oh, there it is. There we go. Oh. And just that fat. Oh, there it is. Yeah, looks awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice history book. It even goes into some of the unreleased stuff, like the deluxe color computer and stuff too. So it's quite a quite a good book. Cool. So how much did you find out about Coco Talk? Have you heard anything about us? Or uh, <laughs> uh, when, when I started bothering you? <laughs> that's about when I found out about it. <laughs> yeah. The really surprising thing is you actually agreed to come on after all that, you know, yeah. learning about I, the show. So Well, I, I every once in a while, I'd, I'd ring him up and uh, ask him, I was, well, what do you think? You know, and I'd do some sales points and then leave. I, you know, I didn't really try and pester you too bad or anything. Yeah, but he and, actually and, said he, that's, he that's, well. The the fact that you didn't pester me too much is what got me here. <laughs> Good. Good. Did you tell us what your YouTube channel was? Uh, no, I didn't. I see youtube.com slash c slash Reverend Fuzzy. So, no. do you have a church with uh, how many people in it? What was that? So you have a ch an actual church building? You're a pastor, or it's, it's a home church right now. Excellent. Okay. So you're just a handful. Mm-hmm. Now, when 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 you were first getting, you know, becoming a pastor, etc., did you use the cocoa at all within your your church stuff, or was that after Katrina that you got into that, or timeline? That was after after Katrina. Oh, okay. Oh. I know Brother Jeremy's mentioned that he used to design his sermons and everything else on his Cocos back in the day, too. So he was, I just was wondering if it was maybe a crossover there with you as well. Yeah, the uh, everything I was doing back then, uh, the only thing I could find was something that ran Windows. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I advanced on that, too, in software. Uh, I learned to do... Uh, Visual Basic and uh, and C Sharp, so making some nice little applications on there as well. Did you use like uh, Telewriter sixty four or any of the newer ones? You know, applications in um, the Cocoa. No. <laughs> Let's see. They had that uh, that one program that was a WordStar clone. ScreenStar, I think it was called. Might be. It's by computerware. If it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. We had we had uh, had use of that, and uh, some of the stuff that Keith Alfonso put out, the Presto Partner. Yeah. And and a few other things he did too. I don't know how you guys do this beard thing. I, I'm just finding it to be very warm and itchy right now. So, because <laughs> that's just like having a real beard. Yes. <laughs> you haven't lived till you've saved some food from there for later. Oh, the flavors there. Huh? Did you uh, did you enjoy playing games on the Coco, or are you more of like a utility, real world worky type stuff? I was. I was uh, halfway in and halfway out on both of those. Okay. Uh, I, I like the games, and I like to, to to write some, too. Yeah. Now, if I could only remember what they all were. Yeah, right. 
Were there a variety of games, or were they mostly like text adventure type stuff, or did you get into doing arcade games? Uh, mostly text adventures. Hmm. I I can remember putting together the grids to figure out which room went where, but can't for the life of me remember what the names of the games were. Wow. I mean, Caves of x like was the only one I actually remember. <laughs> That's such a great name. It does have a pretty unique well, title, so I could see why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very easy, you know, just put together a grid on a, a, a piece of uh, uh, one of those. Graph paper or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, with all the lines on it. Right, right. And then I just did that. And I knew exactly which way which room would go. Bunch of if thens. Okay, that's that's how I that's how I would have thought I would have done it back in the day too. And later on, I learned a better way to do it was put them all into an array and make a table yeah. and then move around. Yeah. But yeah, early on, I was thinking I would do it that way too with a bunch of if then statements. I think later on, I wrote one for MS DOS because I bought a book and stuff, and it suggested right. doing the array. <laughs> um, and as far as your game development, did you did you do that all under Disk Basic, or did you do some of that in OS Nine later on too, or was OS Nine more like utilities and BBS stuff and that kind of thing? OS Nine was utilities. Uh, utilities are easier on OS 9. And I haven't found another operating system where you could open up a, an entire disk as a file. <laughs> yeah. So here's an important question. When it comes to Joust clones, are you a Lancer or a Buzzard Bait guy? <laughs> <laughs> what is Joust? Okay. Well, then <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a running it's a buzzard debate. Bait clone. It's a guy that's looking a, like you on a horse. That's a <laughs> Keep in mind, I've been out of this game for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, we're we're having fun with you now. Oh, I'm sure you are. So yeah, cool. you know, the, we are the second uh, um, kind of broadcast show dedicated to the Cocoa. There's been a podcast that's been around for four years now called the Cocoa Crew Podcast, which is a monthly audio program that comes out. That was one of my inspirations for going to Cocoa Fest and later on starting this show. And there's a third podcast now, too, with a couple of guys who do nothing but play Cocoa games, the Amigos Retro Gaming Guys. So there's now three sources of Cocoa Media on a fairly regular basis. And there is great consumerism for Cocoa content right now. And a lot of this uh, is, you know, kind of echoing some of the legacy that you started, you know, creating this kind of community content of get out your Cocoa, do something with your Cocoa. You were one of the pioneers of that, you know, and all of us now are just kind of paying it forward a little bit. So we definitely need to, I'm, I'm glad that I'm personally able to say thank you to you in person. I'm sure a lot of other people here are too. Quite welcome. Yeah. Uh, can you? Can, would you have imagined when you did your public access videos that forty years later there would be three other programs for the Coco that are being consumed on a regular basis? Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, right? Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ron. Well, we'll have to set him up with uh, emulators. Uh, VCC one is probably the easiest one to yes. download and. Um, Put ROMs in and get working. Um, and oh, the cocoa uh, as the um, the cocoa pie. Yeah, you're familiar with the Raspberry Pi. I've got two of them. Okay, do you have a Raspberry Pi three or three B? 
Yes, I do. Okay, there's Welcome a... From a 3Bs. Okay, you can download an image that you can just burn onto an SD card that boots up into a Cocoa-specific emulation for Raspberry Pi 3. We can help you with that. Cool. So, um... Don't and then there are actually new... <laughs> you can. Yeah, OS yeah. 9's on there. Uh, so, Curse... All right. Nitrous yeah. 9's actually on there, yeah. Nitrous 9. Are you familiar cool. with Nitrous 9? Are you familiar with that? Nice. Yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> There are yeah. actually new games under development too that'll run under those emulators that are yeah. coming out shortly. Yeah, Remember, we're going we're to showcase Rick Adams' uh, update to Temple of Rom. Temple of Rom too. We got uh, uh, Gunstar, Nick got, Marantes, uh, yeah. and uh, oh, um, Digger Three from Digger, Digger Three. Yeah, I was thinking Gold yeah. Digger. Yeah, Digger Three. There, yeah. There's a port of the Apple II version of Oregon Trail coming out now yeah. too. So well, yeah. we're actually pretty active for 40 year old system that was kind of the underdog at the time anyway so. yeah 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 it's amazing yeah and now Sixy, uh who's from the uk as well pointed out uh he's the author of xor uh he's also mentioned there's a couple of emulators that are online ones you can do in a browser too so you don't even yeah. need to dedicate anything if you wanted to, to yeah. fire it up mm. and give it a shot mm. okay. i i have a i have a computer here the coco 3 has one, <laughs> one mega ram on it and the one next to it has two mega ram on it and um the newer processor and um we're starting to do um really neat things with a replacement for the gimme chip cool. and uh there's going to be new modes of uh display yeah somebody yeah. fill them in <laughs> yeah I, yeah there's there's new hardware and new software still coming out still actively being developed and there's there's a bunch of things coming out this year so it's an active community okay. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. It's a great time to be a cocoa nut. There's never been a better time to be a cocoa nut. It's just like... You know, like what I, well, you know what I'd like to see somebody money. come up with is a an Arduino clock. IDE for the cocoa. Arduino IDE. Mm-hmm. You mean that a hard drive awesome. interface? Well, he, no, he should talk oh, no. to Paul. No, it's a development environment. You should talk yeah. to Paul. Yeah, the... Uh, Arduino, they have an IDE that works on just about every platform so far, where oh. you can actually put together the software, then upload it directly to the microcontroller. Oh, okay. If, so you, if you use LWASM with it, which is a cross-platform assembler and stuff uh, from William Astle, uh, mm -hmm. you can probably set it up with that, because that's that runs on Linux, it runs on Windows, it runs on OS X or whatever. So, Yeah. You also have Phoenix. Yeah, Roger Taylor's. Yeah, there are some cross-platform tools right. where you can do uh, Cocoa development on a modern computer, but you're saying you want to do one. Are you saying you want to be able to program an Arduino chip from the color computer? Yes, that would okay. be awesome. Okay. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, that is interesting. That sounds like a wager. <laughs> hold, yeah, hold my beer. Sounds like a good challenge. Uh, we got to get this guy some hardware. Yeah. Especially with these Arduinos getting so cheap right now. Man, I just put out, what was it, $15 and got a box of four Arduino Nanos. It's like, wow. And there has I been some other Arduino-based projects on the Cocoa before. I mean, Alan Huffman was working on some sound stuff with uh, Arduino and stuff. So there's multiple things to cool already in development. Yeah. And some of us do uh, Telnet on our Cocoa still. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. To BBSs, there's a bunch of BBSs around. Yeah. Of course, Telnet is going out of style, being replaced by SSH. Well. Right. Well, this is mostly to connect to bulletin boards, so they're using yeah, Telnet as a... 
We're living dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need encryption. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing going out of style with bulletin boards. Now everybody's got a website. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. It used to be. There's, you know, there's when, tons of bulletin boards still. Back in my day, you. going online was calling into a bulletin board. You know, so yeah. <laughs> or copy for, for those of you that are interested, mine's msbministries.org. MSB is that your bulletin board or your website? That's my website. Oh, feel free to plug that. Absolutely. msbministries.org. That's the one. Yeah, you, you'll know you're in the right spot if you go there. You see a picture of me on it. Yeah. Okay. I love your hats. <laughs> you have a cool one on Facebook, too. Or on YouTube, too. Oh, yeah. And I got one on Twitter as well. Now, are you a member on the, on the Coco groups on Facebook? Can I keep track of what's going on? Yeah, Ron just got me into those. Okay. Have you been on the mailing list at all? You've been following the Coco mailing list? No. Okay. All right. Yeah. So do we want to maybe take a quick break? We'll take a commercial break, and then we'll come back. And then um, if we have more questions for Chris, uh, we can. And if not, we can go on to other things. And if you have time to hang out with us, uh, Fuzzy, feel free to hang out and just chime in as we go along. But we'll start to talk about some of the other things that are going on in the community, and that might spark some memories that you want to bring up and stuff. Um, That would be cool. All right, so we're going to take about a two- to three-minute commercial break. So, Ron, you have permission to go to the bathroom now if you need to. Yay! Um, And everybody, you know, get out your combs and comb your beards while we're here. Uh, And we'll be back after these words. And thank you for being with us, Christopher Mayhew, Fuzzy. And we'll be back with more Coco Talk after these words. Hi, everybody. This is Siri, Apple's personal assistant and beatbox professional. You're watching Coco Talk with the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. We'll return after these announcements. What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh. And I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we've put together a pretty good show for you. But this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. This is Ken Reichert, author of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. And you're experiencing Coco Talk? As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low resolution visuals, digital to analog converted sound. 100% machine language and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that croc. Get your complimentary copy of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway at cankenmakeit.com 
If you got it for free, you paid too much. Hey there, it's Andrew here with the Tandy Speech and Sound Cartridge that I won from Coco Talk Live. So uh, next time, make sure to tune in. It may change your life. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. Greetings, YouTubers. Atari Leaf here, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games, and they're on sale. Get this six-game model for $29.95, or the four-game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash, and more. Easy to hook up, and great family fun that lasts all year long. The sale price, TV games. Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. Alright, we are back. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. So is, far. Is this thing on? Is Curtis there? Yes. Okay, Curtis, you I'm it's, you have news, yes? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, before we get into the news with L. Curtis Boyle, we have a new um, Coco Thoughts. Coco Thoughts is an ongoing uh, series, a segment, if you will. I'm trying to find it here. Um, Samuel Gimes, for those of you not familiar with Samuel Gimes, Samuel Gimes is, is a deep thinker, and he often has thoughts that he wants to share with us. And as deep as the caves of Xlax. Yes, deep as the caves of Xlax. So right now, you guys are going to experience the latest Coco Thought. Um, and here, before we do that, we have Keith Alfonso live on Facebook says, Hey, Chris, reach out from Keith Alfonso. Remember the days back in Charmers or, or mm. Calmet? Calmet. Chalmet. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Chalmet. Sorry. He had a little typo there. Auto incorrect, right? All right. So here we yeah. go. Here's our latest Coco thoughts, and it might be topical. It might even be funny. Let's see. And now, Coco thoughts. By Samuel Gimes. In Florida, when the temperature drops below 50 degrees, residents think they have been thrust into a real-life game of Ice Master. That's just good. That's good comedy right there. Yeah, we, I did. I did have a, a horrible Florida winter day just the other day. It got uh, <laughs> below forty degrees, and I was uh, I was besides myself. So I want to thank you all. Though. I did. Just thank you all for your thoughts and prayers. You're stronger for it. Yes, thoughts just and prayers. Just don't launch any space shuttles. <laughs> so there is the latest one. So yeah, so that's Keith Alfonso. Elf, so. Um, Saying hi. Actually, maybe a shout out to Keith if you want to join the call and, and you know talk with Chris and reminisce about some old times here. Please, please come online. Yeah, love love to hear that from you as well. Um, <laughs> Robin Hemmen says I appreciate the Kelvin translation too. Uh, <laughs> Bill Nobles also Probably saying hey Keith, nice to hear you. Um, all right, so how about we do this? This is a professional show, 
So we're going to start off by introducing our news segment, and then we're going to get into the news with L. Curtis Boyle. It's time for news from around the web with your host, L. Curtis Boyle. All right, so L. Curtis Boyle is going to bring us what's new and exciting in the world of Cocoa News. Sharing stopped, I shall do so. Sharing is ready. You have the share, senor. On screen, number one. Are we seeing that? We are seeing this. Okay, first up, uh, TJB Chris, whom we've talked about some of his... uh, Pretty intricate uh, YouTube videos before he's gone through like OS9, you know, permissions when you log in with multiple users and all kinds of fancy things like that. But um, we've never been able to comment on his videos because he always has comments turned off, you know, because YouTube comments. But uh, he's got some new videos up. But he's also now on Facebook and he's joined the Coco groups. So you can actually talk to him, which a few of us have been doing a little bit uh, considering these last couple of videos he posted up. So it's, it's great that he's actually on where we can actually interact with him because he's done some really interesting stuff, which he's continuing to do this week. So the first part here is that he has a video showing exactly how the deload command on the Cocoa 1 and 2 works. And he also wrote a server program on his Model 16, another TRCD. Um, and he has a basically an explanation of how the whole protocol works. And then he kind of goes through and uh, shows it running on the Cocoa as the receiving end. He shows it running his little server software on the uh, TRCD Model 16 end. So I'll see if I can fast forward a bit here. That's showing that deload is broken on the Coco 3. It doesn't work at all. So you have to. And for those of us like me who are ignorant, what is deload? That was to download over the serial port from another computer. Ah, okay. Which was used back in the day, I think, more more for classroom type stuff that you could download from the teacher's computer to the student's computer. Oh, when they had that shared serial bus? The box with the, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So he's got a C program he wrote on the Model 16 running Xenix, which is kind of an OS 9 Unix-style operating system that uh, basically handles the packets and everything else. And he's got like a flowchart explaining how the whole protocol works and how it acknowledges packets and blah, 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 which uh, watch the video for all the details on that. And there he's actually running the server or starting to run the server. Um, I don't know if you guys can read that on the on the stream here, but uh, basically he's got a, a test that he actually did where it actually tests. He's got two. There's a packet header that has the title of the file that you want to download because you can type download, you know, the file name. Yeah, get file name test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like the fact that Christopher actually has a magnifying glass up to read that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but basically you have this packet and it comes with a little header thing. It does a checksum to make sure that nothing was corrupted. And then it actually does the file. It breaks into little packet sized chunks and then downloads the file. And those dots you can see there are the actual sending of the bytes okay. on the Model 16 side. And oops, I think Brad went a bit too far there. Right, look at that. Uh, so now he's playing a game of here's D load test. Okay, okay. I'm list it. Can you guys hear the audio? Yep. And that's it. And if I run it, it just kind of So that program that you just saw the listing for, you I just downloaded from his Model 16 across on the serial cable. Three, which isn't quite as obnoxious. So there's different file names that it has access to. Yep, you I specify can. the file names you want to download, and he added some extensions to it to be able to get a so directory it. back. It comes now, back as a basic program that you run that then tells you all the files that are available on the server. So he kind of did some little extensions to it. Wow. That is impressive. You get an NE error. 
There he tried to load one that doesn't exist on his okay, Model 16. Okay, so on the Model 16, you can see that a handshake came in. It got the file name Buzzard. Checksum checked out, but it didn't find the file, so it updated flag one to send an NE or non-existent error to the client. And that's what happened. But wait, there's more. So, <laughs> doing this, now the initial article would had uh, program would allow you to save to the other side, to the host, by printing to the serial port. And his program would listen for the handshake byte for the printer, and it would then save it to a file on the Model 1. I'm uh, not doing that. I could, but I really just kind of wanted to explore the deload command. But I did do a couple of other interesting things for, the, for it, or one other really interesting thing, I guess. And that is, I guess... And that's going to be the tease for you to go watch the video. Ah, teaser. Teaser. <laughs> You're a tease, Curtis. Yeah. I've already now, he watched did, the he video. He did do a sequel video <laughs> a couple of days later, too, yes. um, where he's actually ported the, uh, the server part to run on a Raspberry Pi. Oh, wow. Which I think. He also used it to extensions to the Model 16 version too, but. Uh, His camera's pretty nice. Yeah. It's, it's clear. But again, in the interest of not running as a super user, Chmod your serial port so that you can read it when you reboot the machine. Chmod, that's a Michael Jackson command. Chmod! So, or you could add yourself to the dial out group uh, depending on your distro. But either way, uh, that aside, let's just uh, give this run. Same syntax dev tty USB 1. You can see we are awaiting a response, so I'm going to hit, hit it up on the color computer. Boom. Test. Came through. And it's sending payload, okay, and it's that. done. Now I'll do a command mode one. I'll probably run on a, on a Mac, too. Yeah, well, it's a fairly it. simple C program, so... Yeah. There's this extension he did where doing the dir command, where it sends a list of the and files that are available. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it builds a basic program that uh, outputs essentially the directory. Yeah, which the original deload command did not do. Right, there we right. Have it, an NE error. So it seems to work pretty well. Uh, this is a uh, my Raspberry Pi, the same one that I use for my UUCP gateway and my proxy server for the Tandy Forty. And Christopher, you were mentioning you have some Raspberry Pis. So. Okay. So this here's the Pi. Same Pi, and I just have a USB to serial adapter. Um, your mileage may vary with these things. I've had some pretty terrible USB to serial adapters. So if one's not working, try another one. Depending on how you construct your cable, you may need a null modem. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Otherwise, that's pretty cool. Anyway, it's a pretty pretty interesting thing. Uh, and he's actually uploaded the source code for the uh, the server, too. So if anybody wants to get it for the Raspberry Pi, or if you happen to have a Model 16 lying around, which is probably hey. pretty rare. You can actually go download it, compile it, and actually run it yourself. So neat. And all Coca ones and twos come with a deload command built in. I don't know if the Dragon does. Is that deload built in the Dragon? I don't command? think so. Uh -huh. I don't know. Okay, but anyway, if you have a Coca one and two, and you want another way, it's kind of like you know ancient drive wire. Right. Drive wire. Yeah. Drive wire. <laughs> Channeling David Ladd. Or drive wire, please. <laughs> Yeah, I think the D in, in D-load stood for data load. I think that's what that was supposed to be. Or download, to. I'm not even sure. I know it was a Microsoft protocol, and they're actually Microsoft had published some fairly hard-to-find articles on exactly how the protocol worked. Oh, you know what happened when the people in Australia saw this book here called Electronics Australia? You know what they said? <laughs> I can guess. Crikey. <laughs> Crikey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ironically, this the size of that digital thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, considering this is an Electronics Australia magazine, and Carlos Camacho's is the one that actually posted the link to it. They had to hold uh, it upside down to read it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is this is a review of the uh, Coco One. I guess when it was first released in Australia, this is the February 1982 issue of this magazine. So, I'm guessing you know most magazines put their publishing date a few months ahead to keep it on the newsstands longer so i'm guessing the coco must have only been released in 81 in australia nick can you confirm that sounds right yeah i can't remember exactly i've got that magazine somewhere so i should dig it out and have a read on it they did spell color wrong though or I can't no, right. they call it right it's the right way <laughs> you're all messed up steve <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I, I I didn't realize that before. Like the the Coco one got released in in North America, Canada, states both. You know, around the fall of 1980, and I remember seeing them up here around that time period. I didn't realize it was like a year delay before it hit Australia. On the other hand, that's that's when the magazine came out with the review. The computer uh, may have come out oh maybe that, that could be yeah. so it could be just the magazine's review. Yeah. But I think they do label it as a brand new. Let me see here, because the next link. Yeah, I mean, it's not unusual for products like that to be delayed somewhat. Uh, you know, especially with different countries, they yeah. had to make the PAL version, you know, fifty hertz and everything else too. So, but uh, there's well, the, the full review. Is, I, I do have a, a Tandy nineteen eighty catalog. I can look that up, an Australian one, so I can just look it up if the Coco's in there. Though, there you go. It was released in the nineteen eighty. They also got to do a spelling correction. You know, get the proper use in there. Yeah, is that, is that <laughs> Dino Wars? Yeah, you got betcha. Dino Wars. That looks like maybe a picture from the catalog. You got Dino Wars on the cartridges going, and then there's some pictures from the basic manual with the 3D yep. graphics you could do with the draw command and some of the colors and stuff. Yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, I, I got Both of those are sample programs from the manuals. The first one's the blackjack game oh. from the original 4K Coco. That was the big 4K showcase game that was in the ah. manual. And the second one's from the extended basic manual. I must have typed that in then because I, re- I really recognize that. So, yeah. So how many cartridges were released for the Coco when it came out 4K? Do you know? There was a decent... The initial launch, you mean? Or did yeah, you mean yeah, yeah. the life of the Coco? No, initial launch. Probably just a handful. There was about six. There was nine mentioned in the catalog. Six were released at once, and then the other three trailed a little bit later. How do you know this? Curtis is just a walking a encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. He's a history buff. Sometimes I even say correct facts. But yeah, right. Oh, gee. <laughs> hey, let's. Real I'll let you guess if that was or not. Yeah, hold on one second, Curtis. Let's say hi to. Uh, let's say hi to somebody in Facebook here. Uh, we just got a met. We got a wave from John Hebert in Facebook Live. He says, "Hey guys, new to the Coco community. I inherited a TRS-80 two, uh, well over a decade ago. Played it a couple of times and then put it away. And now actually interested in learning how to properly use my new." Uh, TSR, TRS and other applications and fun stuff to do with it. And when you say TRS-82, are you talking about the color computer too or the model too, which was their monochrome system? But either way, John, hello and welcome. Um, and back to you, Curtis. Oh, look at that. The page just flipped. Wow. How did you do that? <laughs> Magic. Now it's just built into archive.org. This is all part of that same Australian magazine? So the same part oh, of the review too. This is a great the write-up. This is a really good write-up. Yeah. Yep. Goes into Paris the sound. And... There's two black beauties sitting right in front yeah, of yeah, us. Yeah, look at those things. Yep. You guys right. might recognize those from the color basic yeah. and extended. Oh yeah. The, um, 
yes. our boards don't come back. Is that a boomerang? Uh, right. Hey, joke? Uh, did that picture of the manual in the beginning I, have the full tw- um, pages? I think it did. The, what was the question? The manual in the beginning of the, with the Color Computer 1. It had more than 23 pages. Oh, you mean chapters? Yeah. The, the very first release of it actually only had 13 chapters. parts one through three. So it had 13 okay. chapters. All right. I actually had one of those here for a while. And then they the, all the stuff in the semi-language graphics and all the advanced stuff wasn't in there because it wasn't ready. And then they republished it later. All right. I do remember okay. that demo of the Coco blow up doll too. You guys remember doing that one? So that was when you had to use the audio on and, and motor on to actually yeah. get it to talk and it would blink yeah. the mouth and the eyes. To... <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about what Stevie was using it for, but uh, that's what its original purpose was. That was my first girlfriend. I made her say inappropriate things to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that demo, the graph demo, that was just so cool to see stuff like that, the little sine waves and everything. Yeah. Did they have a final recommendation, yay or nay? Back in the day, you would have had to have like hand run those on graph paper, so to have the computer plot them in real time was a real, real step forward. Absolutely. Well, the, the summary paragraph says the perfect computer. Well, almost. After all, the worth of a computer is how well it fulfills the user's requirements. If you want a compact, relatively inexpensive color graphic system for home or hobby use, the TR City Color Computer has a lot going for it. So, it got a pretty good review. Okay, it's really all you need. So, it's really all you need. That's a Channel Eight. Anyway, that was a, that was a pretty interesting dig out of the past. I had not seen that article before. I had never even heard of the magazine before, so that was it was interesting. What was that me. next thing? What was the Sorry. next thing they were showing? The next oh, well, yeah, I, I thought there was more to the article, but uh, that's just something else. That is a not not coca related. That's a cricket. Look well, at that. Yeah, crikey! Look at that cricket. Crikey! Cricket! Cricket! Yeah, that's really cool, though. I love yeah, seeing those little slices of history, you know, especially yeah. when they're kind of hidden gems. I remember the Byte magazine one when they first did the 6 and 9 and then later did the first Coco 1 uh, review too. So that was one I used to own. Unfortunately, I lost that one over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been joined in the live chat by DeBruce Moore. Hello, Bruce. And it looks like the new Joey and Coco is now available. I've just checked that. That's there. Uh, okay. We'll segue into that afterwards. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Chet, I was hoping you'd be on the call today to, uh, you know, give some thoughts and explanation beyond, you know, just this brief cursory thing. But basically, he's been trying to design a little hardware cartridge that would go into plug in the cartridge port that would allow you to send uh, what scan line do you want to trigger an interrupt on on the screen. Uh, the Coco 1 and 2, you don't really have an easy way to do it except counting H-Sync. So you're, you're constantly, you know, doing really fast interrupts. And unfortunately, the internal H-Sync uh, triggers an IRQ, not an FIRQ, so it takes a lot of overhead to push all the registers and stack and pull them all back off. So you've basically blown half the time that you're you have just preserving the state. Translation um, will follow. <laughs> it should have been an FIRQ, let's put it that way, which is what you know Nick and, and Chet and everybody else use for doing background sound on a Coco 3, because we actually can control that. Um, so he's planning on doing one here where you actually just tell it, you know, on scan line 50 trigger and interrupt. So you don't have to sit there and count them all or have a separate timer set up for it. So you can actually mix like a, you know, a high definition uh, interrupt for doing sound backgrounds and then also have the special sync first. So you want to change palettes on the bottom half of the screen or the bottom quarter for a special display or you want to 
turn the horizontal or vertical scrolling on or off. Like like in Chet's case, he may want to keep you know the bottom of the screen to have the score and the number of free men without having the screen scroll over the place. Like you know, if you guys have played uh, Crystal City, you'll see where the score is to kind of bounces around because he's trying to time the interrupt there. So he's designing a very simple little hardware card that would actually do this um, with less CPU overhead. And the nice side effect is it would work on a Cocoa 1 and 2, too, which doesn't even have a way to do that very easily. So you could be able to do some background sound effects on that a lot easier than you could. Um, so it's a pretty interesting little cartridge, and it sounds like it's a fairly easy hardware design. I'm not a hardware guy. Um, and Chet says he hasn't done too much of it either, but uh, it, he thinks it'll work. So it, I'm interested to see what, uh, what kind of things people can come up with at that card if he actually gets it out and it should be fairly cheap too because it's apparently not too hard on the hardware side mm -hmm. anybody that on the panel here that's actually hardware oriented that wants to comment on that um something like this would be good to uh build into the gimme x coming out by ed um because you can do that with software then you, you wouldn't need hardware you can actually uh encode the uh F fpga that's on the gimme x to do this sort of thing for you yeah, and then you can free up the FIRQ, et cetera, for yeah. other purposes instead of trying to double. Like you did on Popstar, I think you mentioned you did some tricks like this too, but you, you had to combine that. You can do it that. in software. I, I, I have done a software equivalent in Popstar Pilot. But, yeah, obviously this circuit will save you CPU cycles. So, yeah, it, it would help, but certainly on a Cocoa 1 and 2. Yeah. Now, <coughs> we have a question from Dave and Sharon in chat. Asking this mode would go into each game card. You could do it that way, or you could make it a little satellite board, like Jim Brain has been proposing with some of his stuff, where you can plug into the cartridge board, then plug the cartridge into that, or you could have it in a multi pack or whatever, too. Yeah, like an so inline. A couple different ways to do it. Coupler. But since it's a fairly low hardware overhead, you, know, you might make, a, make it a separate card that's you know, five bucks or something like that. And something this, that sits under the, the 6809. Well, the, the one thing is that you have to actually get the uh, H-Sync and V-Sync signals uh, into it. I believe, uh, from what Chet has said, um, you have to have a, a Y cable that goes from the RGB connector into this cartridge. Yeah, I think that's right. So that would not work from a Coco 1-2 using the composite or RF signal? Um, I don't think so. Well, it hasn't got an RGB port, obviously, but it, it might be able to tap it from a PIA maybe or the VDG maybe yeah yeah because the PIA yeah. does have an H-Sync interrupt I mean there's obviously a yeah. line for it so we're getting into acronym territory here v yeah. VDG PIA. just channeling our inner David lads <laughs> drive by drive by <laughs> <laughs> sounds like maybe an internal card would be a better one so I could tap into the various hardware points it needs to yeah, well, like I said, I was hoping that Chet would come on to kind of give a better okay. explanation of what his goal is, et cetera, for well, this is the, how it's implemented. This is the incubus of it, and I'm sure it will start to germinate and, and flower at some point in time. So hopefully we'll learn more <laughs> as this idea grows, you know? So, so poetic. Yes, <laughs> yes. And speaking of Australia. Crikey. <laughs> There's, there's a bit of a drive to try to get a Coco Fest oh. or maybe a Tandy assembly style fest for all the Tiracetes and Tandys in Australia. Coco Cocoz Fest. Cocoz Fest. Fest. Yeah, I think Ian Maverick had an alternate version name for the if it was a general Tandy, Tiracete, and Coco. Yeah, who cares fest. about those other crappy systems? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Nick was, I think, uh, he, he stated that, uh, you know, maybe throw in Tandy to get more people yeah, yeah, together. No, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. 
Eh, we don't Which want is a that. good idea. No, yeah. no, no, now, one, like one thing I want Oz Tandy assembly. Yeah, it's not a bad <laughs> idea. One thing I do want to mention, uh, like Nick and I took a brief look after this was posted to try to figure out, like, is there certain areas of Australia where everybody seems to be? There's a few way on the West Coast. What was it? Perth or something? Perth, yeah. yeah. But, but not many, yeah. And most of the rest is in the southeastern chunk, basically. Yeah, yeah. Now, we did notice that some people that Nick knows that are around and are still active in the Cocoa community are not on there. So this is like a public call to people to get your uh, name and, and you know rough address. You don't have to give your specific address, but just maybe the city you're in um, onto the Google map that we've got set up for doing this oh, kind of which thing to try to figure me, out where everybody is. That Which reminds me, uh, I know, so the, the Google map thing. So Hugo DeFort is the one who created that. And then mm-hmm. I think he gave me... Uh, read write permissions to it as well and i've i've got a backlog of requests to update that and i've got to find them all at this point there's been a half a dozen facebook comments a couple of facebook messages and even a few discord dms and the problem is i'm never able to respond in near real time and now they've just all accumulated and now it's going to become like a half day project for me to find all those requests <laughs> yeah. to try to fulfill and that's the problem of communication there's just way too many ways to do it which is further makes it harder for me to you know I'm, I'm a screw up to begin with so um so on that note if anybody has requested that again um maybe just uh tag it and bump it again so it becomes a new message for me to see i don't even know where i tagged where i put it yeah, in because there was, was a facebook post and everybody was yeah. supposed to put it in but i don't know where that facebook you know, post that problem is is until somebody comments on it again and it needs to be bumped you know so facebook only shows things with recent activity so i need somebody to bump that post and that'll help me get the lion's share of those requests so um, i just kept pestering you stevie that's all and, yeah. I, and I don't think I actually did it, though. <laughs> so, no, I think Eddie, if you, you got mine, it, okay. I think it was in a short, like, six to nine months, but you did do okay. it. Okay, listen, if, if a guy says he's going to do something, he will, damn it. You don't have to bother him <laughs> every six weeks, right? So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and basically, if you can't find the Facebook, just send an email directly to CocoTalk. To, uh, to Talk at CocoTalk.live, yes. And maybe just put, you know, Google Map or Coco yeah. Map or something. And, and we need to open so that Stevie up. knows when to ignore it for six weeks. Yeah, we need to open that up where more people have. <laughs> the ability to update that because right now at this point i don't even know how many active cocoa owners are in australia i mean i mean when nick and i looked there's probably what a couple dozen i guess listed but he's rattling off multiple names that are not on there that he knows are still active so well and it'd be good to get that group together like if if they actually do organize uh, an oz fest to figure out what would be a nice central location that's you know the easiest for people to get to Right, and then p- potentially close to a an airport too for maybe yeah. people who want to fly in. Um, so, um, but Nick, you were a couple of years ago. You went to the um, Oz K Fest, which is like the Kansas yes. Fest. And what was the turnout yeah. for that? What was that like? Hundred people, oh, maybe, or fifty people, or oh, uh, at 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 the fest itself, uh, wasn't a hundred, but it was about about thirty. Okay, and, and Apple's and, a big system, you know. It is, yeah, but uh, not everyone can drive to the yeah to the fest, I guess. Yeah. But um, the thing is, they had it coordinated, so it actually happened at the same time as the uh, American uh, Apple Fest as well. So we were able to uh, link up at the same time okay. uh, with the American one, and we yeah were able to communicate during the show. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm kind of torn on that because that that's a good idea. We can get the two communities cross-linked and talking to each other live type thing. But on the other hand, if I want an excuse to go to Australia Fest, I don't want to miss Cocoa Fest. Yeah, yeah, we need 
Kokaz Fest to be, you know, somewhere in the middle of the year where we got time to plan and Preferably save for Christmas that. Christmas time when we go down where it's nice and warm, like maybe you know, December or something. Yeah. Uh, I'll sign me up. I'd yeah. love to go to Australia. And um, just, just quit lighting the place on fire so we can make it down there. That's my only request. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can all catch a ride in Santa's sleigh, you know, save on uh, travel arrangements. So. Anyway, it's, it's a really good idea because you guys haven't had a fest for the Coco in quite a few years, right, Nick? Because you guys did have some back in the day. Oh, back in the day. But yeah, well, we haven't had, had, had anything since. You know. Yeah, I didn't know if Bob DeVries, DeVries, DeVries I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, if he, uh, or DeVries, um, if, yep. they, if he had organized any when he was the head of the OS9 users group, because it was pretty big in Australia for a while there, even in the 90s. And I don't know if they I had don't any. know. Yeah, I don't know if he had a fest as such. He had meetings, I remember, every second Friday or whatever, which I used to go to. Uh, that's why I know so much about OS9. But um... <laughs> uh, garbage can uh, icon design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mean know so much the... why you don't want to use it. <laughs> one of the local Australian Coco magazines actually coordinated yearly fest. Uh, and uh, I, I never went to them, but they were close to me as well. So. Wow. Total slacker. <laughs> anyway, I think it's a great idea. I mean, yes. coordinating when and, and where type thing. I, I think we need to what, get the map kind of filled up. What is a ballpark round trip airfare? Are we talking a thousand dollar plane ticket, five hundred? I mean, I know you're not a travel agency, but if you had to guess, or Nick, if you know what what it might cost. Well, I, I remember way back in two thousand when I came over to the U.S. It cost about two thousand bucks. Wow. Yeah, and it was about twenty two hundred from Canada, but I know you guys get better rates from the states than, than we right. Do. And I know Ian Maverick; he he comes from Australia to Tandy Assembly. He's done it two years in a row now. So yeah. we have, maybe we can ask him what it costs. But yeah, I, so I would the imagine prices are not too bad right now, or he's rich. One of the two. Yeah, six hundred to fifteen hundred is what Rob Inman says is between like six hundred and fifteen hundred. Yeah. So yes, that for economy, yeah. current. Okay, and that's round trip. Round trip. Well, that's not bad. That might be worth it for me to drive yeah, around and catch flying a flight from to, Minneapolis. Flying to uh, uh, that part of the world has gotten a lot cheaper than it used to be. Yeah. There's a lot of terrorist activity in Australia, though, isn't there? <laughs> a, isn't it like a war zone over there? No, no, no. We don't have the terrorists. We have the fires. Yeah, the so, fire so. They burn all their terrorists. That is what they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So now that's a great idea. That I, honestly, I would love to. That's on my bucket list is to go to Australia. You know, that's yeah, on mine too. Because actually, my uncle lives there. Like he moved there in the '60s from yeah, Canada. I have a feeling if I if I win, I might not want to return. You know, but um, <laughs> so. well, once you meet Nick, that that will pass. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, we we joke about everybody being Nick's neighbor, but how cool would it be to actually be Nick's neighbor, right? So <laughs> <laughs> let's ask Nick. What would you think if we all moved in next door? Oh, don't ask me. Ask the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving this town. <laughs> that, that's when Nick moves out to the outback somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> You'll be moving to Broken Arrow with Bryson. Wow. Yeah, yeah uh, Broken Hill. Oh, Broken, Broken Hill, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Where they feel <laughs> Which is Mad like Max. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It is, uh, yeah. It reminds me of Death Valley, California. Very cool. Except hotter. No, I'm just kidding. Very cool. Well, that's a great idea, and let's let's see what we can do to make it happen. Oh, yeah. I posted a link to the uh, um, Facebook message about the uh, map, Coco map. Okay. And so it's, uh, and I also bumped it too. Okay, that'll bump it. And cool. Then, uh, yeah. And then we need to. I need to get on that. Maybe right after the show, we'll do that. 
Yeah, I mean, not even just for Australian people, but just for everybody, just to know where. Yeah, we just want to know where everybody is. So yeah, I've gotten some people saying, "Can you please update it, or can you please add me, or whatever?" So, yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. I think uh, I think the latest I heard is that uh, there's a lot of uh, talk about having it in Brisbane, which is where, where where my town is. Okay, which probably makes sense because the air quality here is currently better than all the others. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think when we were figuring out the most centrally located might have been what was it, Adelaide? Or, I can't remember now. Well, it's that one down uh, down the coast from you. Probably, uh, it it sort of sits in between Adelaide and my place. Um, but yeah, the Sydney. Maybe I'm thinking of then. Yeah, Sydney's remember. more central, but uh, and maybe Melbourne as well. But the thing is. Yeah, currently uh, the air quality in both those places is a bit uh, dodgy. Of fires, yeah. yeah, and yeah. neither of those places have Nick Morenti's. Right. <laughs> well, we do have the Gold Coast uh, nearby, so you can always go for a swim. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, let's see what okay. ha- let's see how that progresses. But I, I mean, other than not having fifteen hundred spare dollars to fly there, I would love to go. So. Um, We'll yeah, and I, I like I said, I, I do like the idea of having the cross link yeah. simultaneous, but get, on the to, other hand, to make it a bigger draw. You guys will have to have two shows a year or something, one year, so that we can make it down too. Yeah. I'm going to take on an extra paper route uh, to start saving up, or maybe start doing some bo- returning some bottles or something to start saving up for that fifteen hundred dollars. If, if you uh, start selling cosmic aliens, um, <laughs> yeah, but just bump the price you'll be warranty returns. Uh, you'll be two dollars closer. And I don't know, fourteen hundred and ninety-eight dollars. So yeah, you better cool. start writing sequels, buddy. Yes. All right. What's we next? do also have. A few people who are TRS eighty people as well, so that's why I thought combining. Yeah, the two yeah, absolutely. Might, that's like a good a, idea. Ian Maverick yeah. and yourself, you're you're kind of a crossover. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, you can set up yeah. a full display with every version of Donut Dilemma ever made. Yeah, well, that would take up half the including room. Including the Maximite. <laughs> I remember at the first Handy Assembly, uh, one of the visitors there was from uh, New Zealand. So yeah, that's right. Not unusual for someone to come from that far away. Right, right. And like I said, I'd love to go to Australia. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. There was there was a guy at Cocoa Fest last year I talked to who was uh, yeah Craig Stewart. Craig, Craig Stewart. Yeah, he's yeah. from my town. And and he's nearby. Yeah, and he and just happened to be business. in the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, and he's right. currently not on the map as a as an example. Yeah, no. yeah. He said crikey too. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody from Australia says that. Yeah, it's required. Oh, it's a greeting. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like aloha in Hawaii. It's, it's like crikey. good day. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Next up, uh, this was a rather interesting discussion on on Facebook here in the Coco Group. Uh, Greg Ferguson, <laughs> who just uh, kind of joined, you know, lately, uh, was talking about what was the best Coco Two color script processor. <laughs> Ding, 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 yep. ding, ding. Next story. For the win. Color scripts it. It's like Lancer color scripts it. Next. You mean buzzer oh, baby. Oh, yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty interesting one. And I mean, I, I remember back when I was doing my school papers and stuff, like Telewriter 64 was it for me. I had seen VIP Writer, but its keyboard response time was slow. It would buffer the keys so you wouldn't lose anything you type, but its printing speed on the screen was terrible. Nah. And there were some later ones that kind of got gooey mouse-based. Um a little bit later, too. I can't remember the name of the one off the top of my head. But I was just wondering on the panel here, what were your favorites back in the day if you did do word processing on the Cocoa 1 and 2? VIP desktop. Yeah, that's what VIP I used to. VIP writer. Yeah. Yep. Me, me too, and uh, a Telewriter also. Unfortunately, I, used, I was stuck uh, with Color Scripts. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I used Color Scripts for all my uh, reports. 
And then uh, later on, I got TS Edit, which, of course, I love anything that's like VI. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I never had to write anything back in those days. Yeah, it was just, I, <laughs> that was not a non-issue for me. Or, yeah. or, and not, I didn't have a printer either because I didn't care about that, too. that kind yeah. of stuff. But <laughs> when you tried scripts, it, you, you, it led you to other ones. Yeah, right. It's gateway drug to be a word yeah, processor. Exactly. Gateway. Exactly. Gateway That's to a real word processor. it for a long That's time. That's the word. Uh, yeah, I, I, did, I, I did more on the Coco 3. So. I, I skipped Chris Scripson entirely. I tried it in the Radio Shack store just after it was released and said this sucked, and I'd already seen the original Telewriter. Yeah. So then when Telewriter 64 came out, that that was mine. And then now in the Coco 3, I was using uh, either WordPower 3 or Window Writer later on in OS 9. I remember tinkering with Telewriter 64 and thinking it was the best that I had seen. But I, I really didn't do any word process. I don't do word processing today. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I well, wrote a lot of papers and stuff for school on the yeah, Coco 3 yeah, on I Simply simply Better. Oh, I yeah, that was better. one of the ones I was going to mention because that was a kind of a GUI-based one, wasn't it? All right. No. Or was that a straight text? No, it was one? I can't text it was, one, yeah. It was an 80 column text screen. I remember Rainbow had a big cross, you know, shootout match between them. And I think on the Coco 1 and 2, there's like nine or 10 word processors. And there was another five or six on the Coco 3. So there, there was a lot of them. They had a pretty good choice. Don't uh, forget Dynastar. Dynastar. All right. Yeah. Uh, Rob Inman says, I would like to play around of TS Edit. Nimble in the live chat saying, I use extended basic for word processing and the nimble says printer print statements to a tp10 printer so he was just typing stuff in basic and making it print to the printer the print number, number dash two call yeah yeah uh al hartman says telewriter 64 and vip writer were his go-tos sixy who's uh, karen the author of xroar says telewriter really i had a cassette version of electronic author but not sure if i used it much uh, Rob Inman says Telewriter 64 was a powerhouse. It could do everything on that thing for school. Alexander Wallace, our friend from Mexico, hola, Alexander, says I used Max 10 and Telewriter 128. Wow. Yeah, Max 10 was actually, that that was WYSIWYG. That was like she got into full-blown desktop publishing pretty well at that point. That wow. was above and beyond. <laughs> In fact, they sold it as a bundle with Coco Max 3, I think for like 49 bucks or something like that. At one point, you get both of them. So it's page layout software with variable size fonts, plus you can edit the graphics, you can merge it in the same time. So it was a nice package. Even WordPerfect wasn't WYSIWYG for a while. Um, Robert Murphy, oh, hold on, David and Sharon says Can't I had that. Home publisher. Home publisher? I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> Lucky you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about the shoestring publisher for Rainbow? Yeah, actually, there was a couple. Uh, Eric White, I think, did that, and then did a commercial version that was a bit more advanced. Uh, Newspaper 09, I think he called it. Newspaper <laughs> 09, that's a cool name. Um, I, uh, Dave and Sharon say, I had that poor 32-character thermal printer. You had to keep your pages away from the sun and the heat. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, try Don't leave them on the dash of your car. I found that. No, battery. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty interesting discussion uh, on that and, and, and people with their various favorites. I definitely see VIP Writer and Telewriter 64 were the most, on the Coco one, to the most common. Some other ones were mentioned, like TS Edit and TS Word. And, um, there was a Telewriter 82. Yeah. That was a patch my, Bob Vanderpool did, yeah. 
I don't have any word processing stories because I never word processed back then. But my only story that somewhat related to that is just to deal with typing. And I think like a lot of us, I was a teenager when I had my cocoa. I I taught myself how to type with two fingers so I could very quickly do the two finger typing. And when I went to college... Um, and we had a typing class where you had to use a real typewriter and learn the home keys. I actually failed that and had to take it twice because I was so used to my two finger <laughs> typing. I, I, I could not comprehend using more than two fingers at the same time. <laughs> and I had to double I used, down on that. So I took typing class in high school because it was a good place to meet girls, apparently. Ah. <laughs> I, I tried desk- that too, but unfortunately they still didn't want to talk to me. So it didn't, no, yeah, it didn't <laughs> work. I used DeskMate one. Um, for uh, yeah, I'd use invoices. Desk- I use DeskMate on the Tandy 1000, but not yeah. on the Coco. Yeah, 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 I did. And like Steve, I, I did like when I t- self taught myself to type originally, and that was originally on a manual typewriter than the Coco one. I did four fingers, I did you know the index and the middle fingers. Yeah, no, and then when I went to typing class, I had to unlearn all that and then learn how to do no, that. That was four a finger. two finger demons, like, and everybody's like, Man, you type so fast, and like, well, you know, but you know, the two finger shuffle, so yeah. My favorite typing story, I guess, would have to be Dwayne's brother. Which one was it now? Was it Alan or Mel? Dwayne, you, you've met before. Yep. Um, but uh, he didn't, I don't know how to type at all. So he did the hunt and peck method where he actually would take his hand and just and go, around. I got to type the word the. And he'd have to scan all the keys all right. going down each row until he found it. And if you know, if he hit something on the top row, he'd go, yeah, because it was nice and lucky. And he did it quick. But if it was on the bottom row. It took him like 10 seconds <laughs> to find the keys. So it's like the old it, days of texting on the phone when you had the uh, just the number keys and you had to the press K-9s. the thing like five times yeah. to get the. <laughs> yeah, you'd, uh, you'd like, oh, it's only one hit this time. Yeah, right. Like, but it was fun dialing. watching him type. It's like speed dialing on a dial-up phone. So round one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rotary phone. Trying to, you have to hope there's not too many nines if you have to phone in the radio station and win that prize with a fast yeah. dial. Uh, you got to pu- push it backwards really hard. I actually could do it almost as fast just by tapping the, the hang-up receiver, you know, timing the nine things almost faster. Actually, than by, the time, by the time smartphones came around, uh, the feature phones, uh, you didn't have to, like, tap two or three times to get a letter. You could just type the word. And it would figure out what word you were typing. Or sometimes mm-hmm. there would be two words that would generate from the same, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. My same phones were smart. Yeah. My, 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 <laughs> that was yeah. a little bit later on, though. The yeah. original canine yeah. phones did not do that. Right. Yeah. No, it was, like I said, towards the end. And then smartphones came around with full-blown keyboards. Yeah. Now they autocorrect everything. So everything's spelled wrong. So it's <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> <It's> advanced. <laughs> Blackberry's the future. Oh yeah, Milton <laughs> keyboard. No, the Palm, yeah, the Palm Pilot is Palm Pilot is. So yeah. Apparently, the autocorrect on my phone thinks I talk about ducks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I liked graffiti and the Palm Pilot. It was fast. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we go. The latest product from Retro Innovations, or, or yes, uh, or Jim not. Brain alias Retro Innovations, alias Troll. Um, has made some uh, boards available for a different 512K upgrade project, and it uses the more period-correct chips. But instead of using the 41256 that the official upgrade from Tandy and the performance peripherals and all the other guys, Disto, did back in the day, he actually made one that uses the 44256 chips. So it only takes four chips to give you the 512K. And his his ad... Uh, copy for this was just awesome, you know, saying you can, you too can sport a period correct power hungry Coco 3 round. <laughs> power <expansion>. hungry. <laughs> you know, as all the heat and all the 
the power draw, unlike all the current static RAM ones. So, right. do they have the toaster um, edition where you can? Put it <laughs> There's just, just a hot plate. Warm. You just put a hot plate on top of that, and you yeah. can uh, grill whatever you need. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just coffee built-in coffee warmer. So you're kind of getting a bonus out of yeah. it. So, uh, yeah. I just thought it was funny that he actually uh, he the way he advertised it, he's like you know he's yeah. kind of like shooting it down. Yeah, in his own kids ad these talk. days. So is he really the, selling it legitimately? Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah, I guess he, because he, this was a prototype he maybe he did a while ago and never sold, but now he's got some available. So anybody who wants to pop in some old RAM and make an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, he was originally done yeah. as a project and he said, anyway, though I designed this in 2018, I have some spare PCBs and uh, folks might be interested. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Grilled cheese not included. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can get it with a, you know, an actual Coco yeah. Talk mug and yeah. eat your coffee on it. Skin cancer <laughs> included at no additional charge. <laughs> Does, he say, <laughs> Does he say how much they're selling for? Um, let's see. Three dollars for the three dollars. That's that's a ripoff. What? That's a ripoff. That's what unfair. PCB. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he just chimed in live. Retro Innovation says three dollars. Yeah. No, that's unfair. I don't like that. that that's not included that, chips, though, right? That hurts my feelings. No, that's uh, just a board. Ask that's him if we can pay more. <laughs> can we pay more? <laughs> <laughs> three dollars is even. But they're they're the same chips that come out of a Coco Two or, or the, uh, the two chip upgrade from. No, those a, are forty four sixty fours. You need forty four two fifty six. Oh, you need the other ones, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which I assume you can probably still get. But. Mm. Neat. Next up after that, Lee Patterson, the guy who did Bouncy Ball a couple years back, and we've met at the fest back then, is working on a Coco 3 hardware text mode version of the game Bulls and Cows, which I'd never heard of. And he's calling it the Coco version Moo. And it's basically what the board game Mastermind is based off of, where you have those you know random colored pegs and you have to try to guess, and you get back response saying you've got the right color or you've got the right color and the right spot. That sounds it, like uh, the Gate Crasher. I was just going to mention that. <laughs> it's mastermind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's got some screenshots and a blog here that kind of explains the, you know, the history of the game and, and where mastermind came from the original versions of it. Yeah. It's got a little demo of it actually running um, explanation of the board game itself and how, you know, how the mode works and how you have to map the gimme, how the colors work. So it's kind of a blog of him learning how the Coco three hardware text hardware works. Okay. How you map your screens. So it's actually pretty good if you're a beginning machine language programmer or beginning on the Coco 3 machine language programming. It actually has a pretty good bit of detail in there. So follow his blog. and Yep. And I'm glad that Lee's back and active. Lee was one of the first guys that I met when I got into the community with Bouncy Ball being the first new Coco game I became aware of. I, I knew of Farfall, but Farfall was made a few years earlier. So Bouncy Ball was one of the first new Coco games being released around 2015, 2016 time when I kind of got into the community and got to my first Coco Fest and I got to meet Lee. Um, So it was kind of cool. And we haven't seen or heard from him too much, um, but he's seemingly active and back and we're glad that Lee's here and working on stuff. Yeah. And he actually, Bouncy Ball, he actually ended up porting to the iOS and uh, Apple TV OS platforms. You can actually get him on those as well. Very cool. Cool. Uh, next up, um, this is just kind of a general information. The uh, reservations for the hotel and the reservation for tables and stuff for Coco Fest uh, are now open. Um, I just brought up their webpage here, but I think can you bring more... up Tandy List? Bring up TandyList.com because that shows the floor plan. Oh, that that's a floor? that's a great resource too. 
So, so I mean, uh, T A N D Y L I S T. Period. C O M. There you go. All right. So here you can see the the map, and if you click on that map, it'll zoom in too. But you can see what tables are available, and you can book your table. So this is the exhibit room, and it's it's pretty big, and there's a lot of tables. There are 62 tables. That's big, right? 62 exhibit tables. Do we know how many we had last year? Just for comparison. Uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't 62. I couldn't even guess, to be honest with you, though. But um, now, um, just you see where it says um, 18 through 21 up there? Those four yep. tables I have reserved in the name of Coco Talk. Uh, I, I don't need four tables. I'm going to need one, maybe two. So I've got a couple of spare tables. So if somebody like Mikey shows up, Michael Furman or, or anybody else, if you need a place to um, sit down and show off a project or just park your butt, we're going to have Mikey's a couple of extra tables. Oh, Mikey's got a table? 14. All right, so John Lowry or anybody else, anybody who ends up coming to – I figured – there might be some people who didn't remember to get a table or weren't thinking they were going to need a table, but I would be. I, I just figured let me just let me just complete that row because it seems like a lot of us that know each other are all in that same row. So I just kind of uh, blocked off the rest. D. Bruce Moore is right across from that, and table twenty-two right across from us is going to be retro innovations, and table eight and nine, and table six and seven is Boison technology. So you can kind of see who's in there. Um, so I'm going to have some extra tables that will, you know, if somebody shows up late or just didn't reserve a table, we've got a few in, in the, and so like Chet Simpson, if he can't make it, we can show off some digger stuff. If he wants to ship it there, if Nick Morentes wants to send some Gunstar stuff, we can set up a little display for Gunstar for you. I just figured we'd have some space if we need it Cool. for what it's worth. Um, but I thought this was great. It's an interactive floor plan where you can book your tables and see what's available and see who you want to see. It's kind of like being able to pick your seat in the lunchroom, right? <laughs> so uh, pretty cool. Good job, Randy Weaver, for doing that and for the folks at Glenside. So. Yeah, table 17 is the Tandy Shack. That's Terry Steggy. Table 15 and 16, that's Nitrous 9 Ease of Use. So that'll be you, Curtis, and David yep. Ladd. All right, table 14 is Pi Drivewire. That's Mikey. Uh, 12 and 13, that's MDO. That's Mark D. Overholzer Consulting. What are you going to be consulting exactly, Mark? What type, what type of consultations Actually, will you provide? I was thinking about being a carpet consultant, you know. Okay. Shag, you know. <laughs> Actually, Mark, one thing you should bring Shag. down, I didn't put it in the news, but we probably should discuss it at some point during the show today, is mm-hmm. you're getting the OS 9 6809 board running on your Apple II. Oh, it's barely running. i got to mess with it some more. There's okay. a lot of problems with the disk images. But anyway, yeah, okay. It's probably just the operating system, but that's... Uh, yeah, um, the host operating system <laughs> above the OS 9. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you have the, the hammer? DeBruce Moore says he's not even sure we had 40 tables at Heron Point. So the fact that we've got like 62 tables is insane. It's huge. This this area is much bigger, right? And there's a separate room for speaking, I take it too. So if presenters will be in a different room than the exhibitors. It's also much closer to the airport too if you're flying into yeah, the air. Yeah. So yeah, so this, is a, this is probably going to be one of the best organized um, Cocoa Fests going on right now. So if you haven't been to the Glenside meetings, um, they're a hoot. 
It's nonstop action and adventure and, and, and entertainment. It's hours yeah, of entertainment on a monthly basis. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. just waiting for the minutes to finish. But. Yeah, right. So no, but Glenside's <laughs> been doing a hell of a job organizing this year, um, and this is a big year. You know, it's the the 40th anniversary of the Coco. So. Yeah. I mean, big, big kudos to Glenside because there's not too many retro, com retro communities that have actually been able to keep a fest going 29 years straight. Yeah, absolutely. Dedicated to one platform. That's true. Yeah. And, and uh, if you'll notice, uh, 24 and 25. Uh, that would, that, would be, that be the Rikers? Right. That'll be the Coco Man slash Can Can Make Riker It. Brothers. All right. The Riker Brothers. All right. They're kind of like the Wright Brothers. First in flight, uh, we have the Riker Brothers. So uh, Both ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm calling, I'm going to call some shenanigans here. Notice that table one and two are reserved by Eric Canales. You know, he's the president of the club. He had first dibs and all this, and he grabbed the first two tables. Is there any insider trading going on here? <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. Not nice. according to him. Tablegate. <laughs> Tablegate, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, when I figured out that uh, Dave David Ladd's going to be right beside them, I kind of, you know, we'll cut them some slack. Here's <laughs> over-exuberance yeah. the entire show right yeah. next door. Yeah, that's quite his, frankly, that's I'm his fine penance. being further away. So. Yeah, his penance <laughs> is having to deal with Dave. Oh, so Dave's Hobbies has his own table. So yep. who's going to be manning uh, ease of use? It'll be you and Grant? Yeah. Or a, a, maybe a, a revolving door of support? Yeah, well, I mean, one, one thing that has been a, a little bit disappointing to me, and, and nothing against the people that were helping me on the booth here, is that because we were displaying so many things at once, we're doing like mouse adapters and we're showing off Google 3 stuff. I mean, Mark, even when you guys did VCF, same thing. I like, I want to have something dedicated to showing ease of use. And, and ideally, you'd want the 609, 609 versions running simultaneously so people can compare them and see, you know, is the 609 upgrade worth it? Or, you know, even comparing it with, you know, the original version of OSINE so people can see how much is advanced since the old days if you're just getting back into the Cocoa. So I wanted to have a couple machines dedicated that don't keep getting switched off to show Donkey Kong by Sockmaster or something. Nothing against that. Right. That should be shown too. But I wanted something dedicated. Dedicated and for nice this design. way we can actually have everything going at once. I mean, you know, we mm -hmm. can show off. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I kind of want to do the same thing when we do a VCF West because I wanted to show you know, uh, Nitrous 9 and, and uh, Fusics and mostly the computers were, were uh, playing games, so. Right. Well, I mean, to be, to be fair, that's a bigger draw. It's going somebody from across yeah. the room is not going to run over. Oh, is that a multi-user operating system? Uh, that's why you just need more tables. We're not saying like <laughs> yeah, have a yeah. table to only do Absolutely. something. We're saying yeah. have a yeah. dedicated games table, have a dedicated Google yes. 3 games table, yes. have a dedicated yes. yep. Nitrous. Right, table. and that's why I'm thinking I, I I reserved four tables, but I'm I'm going to need at most two because I want to have one that's going to be just a generic Coco Talk booth, and then right next to that I'm going to be having uh, Kabam, my my Coco um, VGA project Kabam. I'm going to have that on display so that'll be two tables maximum that i'll need so i'll have two more spare hey stevie uh, i pulled yeah. up the spreadsheet from last year's coco fest there are 27 tables in the main room and there are four more in the other room all right so we basically doubled that we've doubled yep. the uh, exhibitor yep. space creating and, and 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 basically with the ones that are green are available but it's pretty well booked up no thanks to a hog like me taking four tables but you can sell the extra ones <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be doing like a ticket scalping. Get your table here. You're going to raise your money. Get your table here, right? So. Samuel Geim says uh, table 50. Is he really? Stevie used to pay for his ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Samuel Gimes. Samuel yeah. Gimes. Yeah, Samuel Gimes needs a booth. I would like to get Samuel Gimes' autograph. So, um, <laughs> cool. And he's, he's okay with me. This is going to be a huge Coco Fest. You know, and we, we mentioned, you know, you mentioned the number 120. We, we, we've been averaging 120 people the past two years. Um, that doesn't sound like a huge number, but when you look at it in significance that people have to travel across the country, across the world to be there, the fact that you can get 120 people together is nothing short of amazing, in my humble opinion, you know? so And the fact that if you go back 10 years before that, I mean, you're doubling the attendance. So attendance is going back up, which is, you know, yeah. a good sign. I was hoping, but they're also booking had... like there's the the uh, Saturday night. There's the uh, big you know supper thing. They've, they're yep. taking the bookings for that. They got the you know the special rate for the hotel set up. So yeah, everything's pretty well ready to go. Absolutely. We should get Christopher out there. You can give him one of your tables. Yeah, absolutely. You can have a little set up a little VCR or something with. Uh... <laughs> oh, that would not be cool. Watching the original analog version of the production. Yeah, and if you have any questions, you know, about some of the programming samples, he's right there to answer them. Yeah, we could all, we could all, all <laughs> we could go from Temple of Rom to the Cave of Exlax. I mean, it's just perfect. We <laughs> <laughs> definitely an invite to you, Christopher, if you want to come out to it. We'd love to have you there. If he's still here, he might. Yes, he might, yeah, I wish I could afford it. Well, I mean, Glenn, Glenside is doing some sort of some sponsorships for some people to come down. Maybe we can arrange to, you know, cover some of the costs for you. Man. You know, special 40th about. anniversary. We want to try yeah. to get some people out that damn we haven't been out before or haven't been out in years. Mm. Definitely worth thinking about. Yeah. We'll put you in touch with the Glenside website. Um, now, this is cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to minutes. it. I have booked my flight. I, I tried calling a few times at night because I don't get home till late at night. I tried calling to get the Cocoa Fest rate. I got in touch with a couple of Arab terrorists, uh, their call center, uh, <laughs> who are the late shift for the hotel, and I could not get anybody to even know what a Cocoa was, let alone give me the rate. So I got a call during normal business hours to get that uh, Glenside discounted rate for the hotel. Um, so you've heard a few people have had some issues getting through and yeah, um, for, for a while they're like when they initially announced that everything was ready to go, some, you know, some people called like within a day or two and they, the people there had no idea about this Coco Fest rate. So, yeah. and to all but Arab I'm, terrorists out there, if I offended you, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is a new hotel to be doing this. I mean, the, the old Heron Point one have been doing hosting Coco Fest for years. So they're obviously, you know, kind of remember the fact that we come out every year and swarm the place and break their elevator but yeah um hopefully they get a bit smoothed out here but yeah i'm looking forward to the show definitely. allegedly 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 yeah. connected yes <laughs> very they cool. sure they sure, sure do remember yeah especially after last year boy they'll remember oh wow well we okay. ought to, we should take some pictures and show them that hey we just doubled the size of the event look what look what business <laughs> you guys didn't get nah, 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 nah. Um, <laughs> they didn't have the space I mean they were maxed yeah. out well they, yeah. they could have broken things out but yeah it would have been just disjointed kind of fragmented so um, having a single bigger room that's had double the tables is definitely better yeah yeah and then my last of the regular news stories here. And this I just found today. It's, it was released a few days ago, Ooh. but um, 8-Bit Shootout. So they did a basic program, and the, the old tech, three old tech dudes, we've actually covered them once before because they covered the Coco 2 briefly, just kind of mentioning what it was. And what they did is they took an Atari 800XL, a Commodore 64, and a Coco 2, and wrote a quick basic program uh, that basically randomizes some numbers and then sorts them. 
you know, using the standard basic built-in. Okay. And uh, then they kind of go through the machines a little bit, and they and ran the test twice just to run make like sure a, just run a stopwatch or something to see how long it took to do it, or yeah, basically. Um, what kind of sort they used? I'm trying to remember what it's was it a uh, bubble sort? binary sort? A bubble? Yeah, here we go. I think it's right. bubble yeah. sort. Yeah, here we go. Here they are. This which looks ones, like which, which one's, one's the cocoa? Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there Atari's goes. in the middle, and the Commodore's on <laughs> the far right of it. Right. Can't even see the Coco. Sort beginning all three. I love the, the music. The Commodore should be the last one. Yeah, the Commodore. What runs it? Only oh yeah, it runs at one megahertz. And this Coco one with just regular speed too. They didn't use the double speed Coco. Yeah, so that's right. So is the twenty-five seconds what we're looking at here? Yeah, twenty-eight seconds. The Coco is still just a green screen. Yeah, we can't see what the other Coco's doing. I can see it faintly here, but down the street. Yeah. Oh, we're still first. Commodore sixty-four second. Score. And the Asari is still running. <laughs> yeah, TRS-80 oh, did. The there you go. The Asari oh, came in third. All right. And, the, and they reran the test afterwards to reseed the random number because I mean, if you got different random numbers, I mean, it might sort faster using a bubble sort. Okay. And it, it, the exact same results. Okay. Coco first, cool. Commodore second, Atari third, and that's the way it is when it comes to how awesome these machines are. So Coco's oh, yeah. number one. <laughs> and I'm not at all Yay, biased. Hey, Coco. <laughs> yeah. I remember Color Computer News back in 82, they had a comparison because Byte had done a publishing chart of comparing some of the 8 bit micros and even some of the more advanced, like the gimmicks and stuff. Uh, of all the, you know, Z80s and 6502s, 8080s, 8088s, 6809s. And uh, the Coco always did place fairly well, but the Base 9 Coco actually was, you know, basically competitive with some of the 16 bit machines at the time. So, do anybody remember Al's uh, benchmark that was posted in, uh, what was it? Yeah, we went. We discussed the news here a, year, a month yeah. or two ago, didn't we? I think. I think we maybe did. Yeah, it's got a whole list of different machines, and there's like hundred some machines on there. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember where the cocoa falls. Uh, the uh, Apple and Commodore are like two minutes and fifty three seconds, or something like that. Yeah, I think we were a little bit higher than that, if I remember, but um, not not like a huge jump, like some of the the, the later machines or the faster ones, but. Anyway, I found that was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Love mm-hmm. to see things like this. So I, I did send them some comments. We'll see what they say back afterwards. And that's the end of the regular news for today. Uh, Unless right. uh, like Mark that. wants to talk about his uh, 6809 OS9 board and his Apple II experience. Uh, uh, yes, we can do that. Am I back in? Um, I can ship. I can show it off or I can leave it to acquisitions. But. Uh, well, I'm trying to figure out how to get back to... Okay, now we're back in the gallery view. All right, how about we do this? How about we take a commercial break? And then we'll be back with more Cocoa Talk. Does that sound good? Yep. Yes. Sure. All right, so Ron Delvo, you have permission to go potty if you need it. All right, <laughs> commercial break number two, and we'll be back. Uh, let me go ahead and All share right. my sound again so you guys can hear... Uh, the commercial, so you know when it's over. We'll be back after these words, folks. We will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Terry Steen, author of Balloon Fire and other amazing games on the color computer. And you're listening to Stevie Stroh on Coco Talk. At GSoft, we make games for the TRS-80 color computer... 
TRS-80, MC-10, and Dragon computers. Our basic games cover the range of genres from arcade, to text adventures, to simulations, to 3D dungeon crawls. This is our latest puzzle game from Japan, Fruit Panic. So come on, drop by our website, and download our latest games. My fellow Americans, Australians, Canadians, Europeans, and all of you ants, I'm calling on all y'all to help us make the world great again by visiting the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com where you can get yourself a coffee mug like this with a little cute cartoon character that says, I'm a cocoa nut. You could also get yourself a coffee mug like this with a color computer 3 that says, I'm a cocoa nut. You could get yourself a, a deluxe travel mug like this with the Cocoa Talk logo on it. You might even be able to get yourself a DVD like this with over two hours of gameplay goodness it is time for us to rise up and make the world great again by enjoying some quality retro merchandise and cocoa nostalgia so please visit 8bit256.com and let's make the world great for the color computer thank you very much Coco 2 the color computer with personality from Radio Shack. Sale price for Christmas giving from $149.95. Radio Shack's Coco 2 do what you want to do. Just Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex, we think it works, so will you. Tired of switching your joystick between the left and right port? Want to change between different controllers? Well, Joey has got you covered. The Joey Controller Switch. Take control of your controllers with the flip of two switches. Order today at cocoman.biz. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. Legend says, when the moon is full, if you go out in the country by the lake, and whisper the name of Nick Marota three times, his spirit will appear and he will grant you a product idea. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing Dagger is like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk. And we're back. And speaking of Nick Marota. Soundboard is working today, and uh, if you remember from days gone past, soundboard was always more miss than hit. And right now, the soundboard's given us the hits. So I just want to say to the soundboard, I'd like to say thank you. Yes, you're too kind, and thank you. All right. So that was the legendary Rick Adams, legendary <laughs> now, game designer. Rick. Adams. Now, did you add to the the uh, soundboard the uh, sound of you plugging and unplugging the USB when it doesn't work? No, Windows does that for me automatically. Okay. But now you guys know when I say Nightmare Highway, what are you guys supposed to Let's try this. On the count of three, I'm going to say Nightmare Highway, and then you guys know what you're supposed to say afterwards, right? So one, two, three. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. 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 High
All right. So in case you guys drop the ball on me now, thanks to Ken Reichert, when I say Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. I've got a built-in echo now. So <laughs> just in case, in case you guys let me down, which has never happened in the history of this show. So <laughs> so the soundboard is back, and this is a professional show, and we do have a couple of new updates to the soundboard like this. I'm sure that we can handle this situation maturely, just like the responsible adults that we are. Isn't that right, Mr. Poopy Pants? There we go. So we got all kinds of drops that we can drop at any given time. So criminal show is, is this is. the same show we're on right now? Or? Yes, yes. Uh, and, and I'm we, sorry, I, I must be in the wrong show then. <laughs> I apologize. I, I must have wandered in here by mistake. Yes. Well, we haven't scared away our special guest, Christopher May. May you? You're still with us, Christopher. Thanks for being here, Fuzzy. And uh, not a problem. Have you enjoyed your experience so far? Oh yeah, most definitely. Would you recommend Coca Talk to a friend? Oh, most surely. Four out of five people who watched the show would not say that. So thank you. <laughs> four out of five That's people. including go, all of us here on the panel. But uh, Yes. Four um, out of five people say, what's Coco Talk? Exactly. Um, people get checks in the mail. You know what's funny? So when when we first started doing this show, uh, I would I would check Google and check YouTube. Is the name available? Will we ever come up in a search? When we first started doing this show and you typed in Coco Talk, you got Ice T and Coco. You guys know who the rapper is, Ice T? Of course. Yes. Of course we all do. We're all we all we're all hip with the hip hop vernacular, right? Yo. So no. um, when you first typed in Coco Talk, all you saw was Ice T and Coco. And it's his wife, who I guess is apparently is a former adult entertainer, and so she's well known for being Let's just say a voluptuous woman. So that was and the first thing you would see when you typed in Coco Talk two years ago. Um, now when you type in Coco Talk, it's us. It's the podcast. It's the YouTubes. It's it's the Facebooks. And so we have ranked in the searching just by, you know, I guess it's the old philosophy, garbage in, garbage out. So the more crap we keep throwing out there, the higher mean, we are now ranking. So <laughs> You mean we're not here to talk about the Disney film? <laughs> and, and, and that well, that for, for about, you know, a, a week or so, that was big when you type in Coco was that whole Disney thing, right? So, um, all right. So uh, <laughs> what, is, what is Jim Brain saying here? Uh, missing content, missing personality, missing back, plot. Back up to Ken's comment. Uh, back up to Ken's comment. <laughs> where's Ken's comment here? Uh, Which the, I'd says, like to keep my friends. Oh, sorry, Rob. Rob's comment. I missed the broken soundboard. Oh, I missed the broken soundboard is what Rob Inman said. And then and Mark says, we miss a lot of things here, including talent. And then he says, missing content, missing personality, missing plot, you name it, right? Uh, missing clarity. Infinite guy is here saying, what's up? So hello to you, infinite guy. And just because the soundboard works, there's no reason to overuse the soundboard at this point, right? It's worth doing. It's worth overusing. Yes. All right. So we are now going to move on. To, we, we, have a, we have a couple of things. Number one, we do have project updates and acquisitions. And I know Mikey's got an update. You're not in a hurry, right, Mikey? No. Nope. Is anybody here pressed for time and needs to get out of here? You have something legitimate you need to do today? Um, because we also have the opportunity, since we have legendary game designer Rick Adams here with us on the show, and and James, oh, speaking of, uh, somebody said, bless your heart, Jim Brain. Bless your heart. There we go. We got a little bless your heart there. Bless your heart. Bless your heart, Jim Brain. 
bless your heart. I'll pray for you. Um, so uh, Rick is here, and Rick has been working on an update to um, to the multi-million dollar platinum hit Temple of Rom. Uh, we now are going to be working on <laughs> Temple of Rom Do. And uh, let's go ahead and switch over to that. And I've gotten a preview of that. Uh, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but um, unlike Gunstar, I got the scoop on this one. So we <laughs> <laughs> have a cheat code to get beyond level one. Is my uh, question. We did. So Rick, are you wanna you wanna gotcha. introduce introduce what's going on here, and then we'll take a look at it. Well, um, there's not much to say. I've taken the original uh, game and expanded the. You know, it was known for no, having a, a really big maze, and uh, now I've expanded the maze by about 45%. Okay. And so there are two new monsters. Uh, there are obviously more rooms, more treasures, more portals. Uh, and uh, So it's just, it's the same thing as always. It's just a little bit bigger. Uh, right now what it has is the original... Pretty much the original map that's not messed with much at all. And then on the outskirts of the map, I've just added a bunch more rooms. Ah. And then uh, it would be really nice to have like a really easy peasy uh, level editor. Uh, and I don't have that. But it is possible for those with some degree of technical know-how uh, to make their own custom levels for it. Okay. Uh, well, so much so, for you then, Stevie. Yes. So the, the key to doing a level is there is a Photoshop file. Okay. Uh, the Photoshop file that uh, uh, has basically a picture of the maze and all the rooms and where the monsters are and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and if you carve that up and like drawing, start drawing your own walls of the rooms, uh, then there is a script that you can run uh, on a Raspberry Pi to generate data files, uh, they're actually source data files. Uh, so you could make your own level, you could you know draw your, your own thing, save it out as a GIF, uh, process that with the script. It would generate about five uh, uh, data files, and then you would have to do your own build with LWASM uh, and build that. And then you have, uh, you know, your own version of Temple of Rome, okay. basically. Sounds about just as easy as doing an OS9 uh, boot descriptor. So Yeah, it's not it's not that <laughs> user-friendly. It's true. In 127 <laughs> easy-to-follow steps. <laughs> right. <laughs> can, can, you can you change the Rick Adams name? Uh, no. <laughs> you notice this one says Coco Talk. There's my current. That's not my high score, but 41,700 is what's there. Um, and so just real quick before we get started in the demo, I want to say a couple things. Th this is everything you're going to look at now is based on a lot of things that have happened from the community. Obviously, the game itself, Rick Adams is working on this. Uh, and a lot of people from the community have helped Rick Adams, like getting him set up with development tools and cross development tools and stuff. So we have that part to think. Um, the fact I'm looking at this on my Coco 3 is thanks to the switcheroo from jason the coco man who's with us the fact that i got my joystick plugged in is to, because of the joy the joey joystick controller switch and i'm also using a let me just switch real quick to uh, this is like shameful plug part but i'm also using my little tiny mini custom joystick from sheldon mcdonald that i've been playing with this too so everything you're about to see right now 
is a huge testament to the community in action as we play the game. So I'm going to go ahead and press the button, and this is going to be a live preview. I'm sorry, Rick, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, can you pause that for a sec? Sure. <laughs> I just wanted to mention to Fuzzy uh, that uh, this game is largely inspired by the fantasy novels of uh, Catherine Kurtz, in case that interested him. And, and that's all I wanted to say. Well, didn't um, didn't it wasn't it uh, one of the other one of the community members was it uh, William or did the disassembly of this because you didn't have the original source William Astle yes that is correct okay that okay is- you can go on Stevie all right well, we're going on okay so we're gonna start the game still got the same intro music okay. And this is being played on a Coco 3 in RGB mode. So you can press, I think, the clear key to change your color palettes. Um, one of the things you notice right away, these little star pickups. There weren't as many pickups in the original version of the game, right? Uh, there were, actually. Uh, in the section of the maze that is the original section, which is what you're in now, um, there was like a, a, at least one treasure per room. And mm. Tandy told me to do it that way. Okay. Originally, when it, when I sent it to Andy, about half the rooms had treasures in them, and half of them didn't. And he got me. All right, I was just getting ready to hit my fire button, but the bat got me. Curse that bat! All right, and th- you had to remind me about how the death logic works. So if you get killed by the bat, you you immediately respawn in the same spot. But if you get killed by a monster, you respawn back at home base to avoid you from getting caught in an infant loop of just getting killed over and over again, right? Oh, that's new. That skull. Ah. That's the skull. That's one of the new monsters. Yeah. And uh, And, uh, that thing goes at three three times normal speed, so it's a fast little bugger. Yes, it is. And one of the things that I think was a John Day, is that who's working on Return to Rom? John Day or John? I think it's John Day. John Day. He had mentioned what he he called the jump scare in this game, because you don't see the bad guy until you're right on top of him, right? So... You don't see the room. You don't see things in advance. And so you do okay, kind of have that jump scare. Okay, Stevie, go up. I got to tell you how to find... Uh, whoops, well, let's see if you survive this. There it is. And, I, did. and it still okay. has the legacy ticka-ticka sound. <laughs> right. Uh, go to the left. To the left. Yeah, let's see if it's over here. I'm trying to guide you to the new... Another, the other new monster. Oh, the Pac-Man ghost? Oh yeah, nope. You're gonna have to go up. I have found him before when I was when I was pre- when I was testing it right. a little bit earlier today. I sent you a diagram and everything. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> that required me to read. You're assuming, yeah. I was just gonna see. Right. Stevie's gonna read. That's Stevie rule number two. What? Okay, read left, the manual? left from here. Hard. Left. I think it's in this room right here. That's a new. That's a new monster. And as soon as you leave the yep. room, he goes away. Okay, so he's like a yeah, Pac-Man a ghost. ghost. Yes. Yep. So the ghost is uh, slow. He's one one time speed, but he's sneaky. While okay. he's at rest, uh, he's uh, invisible. Ah. And there are some nasty, tricky things I could do with the ghost that I haven't done yet. Okay. You could have his uh, his aggro area be like uh, a tiny section of the room, so he wouldn't. He's only visible while he's aggroed. Ah. So. Uh, so if you made the aggro area small, you'd be almost on top of him, and he would appear oh. and head right for you. That would be evil. 
Yes, it would. Yeah. So has anybody else seen this yet? Because Rick has made the link available for download. Has anybody else had a chance to look at this? The Temple of Rom 2? Anyone? I haven't fired it yet. No. So it still runs on a Cocoa 1 or 2? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I tried it out in XROAR. It runs in the XROAR emulator just fine. Is it 32K required? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Is there a downloadable executable or you have to build it? Uh, there's a downloadable disk image uh stevie go up, go up. Uh, from the from, from the from where you started yeah hey yeah. rick is it okay to publicly post your disc image i'll do that uh don't do that right. but i don't I, I i don't want the entire world to know about it but i don't no you know if, if you if it's somebody that you think you want to know about it I, i'd be okay with that the thing i gotcha. wanted to point out uh the thing i wanted to point out here is this is a new room ah right this here. was not in the original Okay. So this is a new room that I put in near the start point. Okay. So I could see whether or not it worked or not without, you know, traversing the entire maze. So the rest of it is all the same, except for when you get on the out on the outskirts. All of a sudden, where the maze used to quit, it just keeps going. I see. Like the Energizer Bunny. Okay. Well, to me, because I had not played the original Temple of Rome in, in a while, it seemed like there was just a plethora of more pickups than before. But you're saying that that was not necessarily the case. Nope. Okay. But, Originally, there was one per room, at least one per room, sometimes two. Okay. Now, here's one of the things I noticed that I mentioned to you. This is the, uh, what we'll mm -hmm. call, I don't know what you call it, but I call it the in Invincibility Orb. Right. And so, it's, the fact it's actually that... A it's actually a crystal ball. Okay, crystal ball. And so, when you, as soon as you pick that up, you start to flash, and you're you have momentary momentary invulnerability, right? Now, I think that you're not invulnerable, but you are invisible. Oh, invisible. Is that what it is? Okay. Now, yeah. Now, the question is, if you pick that up and you become invisible, and you go into a room with a monster while you're invisible, the monster won't see you. But what happens if you just throw yourself right at the monster? That I don't know. Oh, and so I was... If you, if you, go ahead, I'm sorry. If you walk into a room with a monster mm -hmm. and you walk right up to it and just set yourself on it, uh, if you don't die, then you're invulnerable. But I think that you will die. Okay, so it's invisible, not invulnerable. And I tried to get it before the bat got me, but I, I, I timed that poorly. So I'll get it a little bit ahead of time. But I'll be interesting to see. So Because right now where this one's at, it doesn't serve a lot of a purpose because by the time I get it, it'll wear off yeah. before I can get anywhere else. But we'll, right. we'll, we'll use this as an experiment to see um, how the bat... Okay, so I got it. Now, the bat doesn't know where the hell I am. I can't, I, <laughs> he just says, oh, I thought I knew. Now I don't know. Um, and he's leaving the screen. But had I gotten And any him, treasures you get at this point, uh, if the bat exists and he's looking for you, uh, all your treasures are double points. Oh. So when you pick it up... You'll hear a did it. Oh, it'll beep you twice hear? when you get your present. You get your uh, yep. treasures because okay. you got double points. All right, and the flashing so just a, stopped. Worn off. Yep, that's coming for you. Yeah, but you picked up the crown, so when you hit the the laser, you get like a super big explosion. Oh, I didn't know that. So here's another one. So we can wait for the yeah. bat. So what you pointed out was that. Um, the crystal balls are placed in places where there's not a whole lot of monsters near there, and you have to do a lot of walking around to get to where the monsters are. So they're not as useful as they might be. That was kind of on purpose. Okay. 
Okay, so I turned invisible and I killed the bat while he was on screen. Now, what you could have done is turned invisible and then thrown yourself at the bat to see if you die. Oh, yeah, I forgot to try that. Okay. Next time. Next time. Okay. Now, has the speed of the movement, again, because I don't, I'm going to have to compare it to the original. Does he move at roughly the same speed? Uh, he moves at roughly the same speed. Uh, he might be a little bit slower. Uh, and I just ran into a fireball. He might be a little bit slower. Why would that be? Um, it might be a little bit slower. It might not. The original, uh, the, the play loop ran f flat out. So you went faster if there were fewer lines on the screen. Ah. So now I've got an interrupt. So your speed is has been regulated. It's frame so locked. you won't go faster. You won't go. Yeah, yeah. You won't go faster. You won't go slower. You'll go at a, at a steady rate of speed, no matter how much stuff is being drawn. Okay. Here's one we can test because there's a crystal ball inside the room with the fireball. So if I can avoid the fireball, and yeah. I noticed too that this bat is real tricky and cunning in his. Um, Damn it, I was trying to shoot in that direction. Didn't work. Uh, so when you try to, like, steer the bat somewhere else, he's he's pretty slick. Um, very cool. Very, very cool. He just comes straight for you. Yeah, yeah. He kind very of cor he course corrects. So yes. now that I know what the direction that one is, I'm going to try to hit that one again. I'm going to go to the left, and we're going to go over and see if I can get to the where the uh, crystal ball is. And then we'll test the can I crash into a monster while I'm invisible uh, question. Assuming I don't die. <laughs> now, was it this way? I don't remember. Was it further? So we might be here a while then. <laughs> <laughs> Are we there yet? No, it's not here. And I know you've kind of done some self-deprecating humor on the laser sound of this thing, but I actually yeah. like it. I like that ticka ticka sound of the laser beam. It's not cheesy. Might have been what you wanted, but I think it it serves the game well. And then at this point, it's kind of. Yeah, I like all the sound effects in this game, actually. Yeah, it's classic. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Classic. Okay, so here's my here's my test. I got to be quick because he's now I'm now in his. Uh, you can't get past him. So I no, can't he's get too fast. I can't get past him to get to the crystal ball to find out. Okay. Right. Well, oh well. Yeah. We'll have to test it somewhere else. Yep. Um, but it's great to see a, an update on a time. Oh, there's the Pac-Man ghost. Wacka wacka. Oh, you are now in the new section of the maze. Ah, because I And I you teleported. went through a new portal. A new portal. Ooh. Yes. That's why it's all nice and shiny. <laughs> Still got that new portal smell. <laughs> still in here's, blue though here's oh looky there yeah wait for the bat okay yeah come here sucker oh yeah i i, ran, I walked right through him it is invincible, invincible. i walked through him so well, the question has been answered it is invisible and invulnerable or, or... i didn't even know that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you, the... you heard it here first <laughs> we'll see if that sticks around in the final version. A Coco <laughs> Talk exclusive. Yeah, I just assumed it was invulnerability. Oh, that oh, that was lucky. That guy was so close to me, he could have burned my britches. Um, 
No, it feels good. I'm playing it with a thumbstick. I had to try it with some Black Beauties and stuff too for the uh, classic experience. But it plays well. Oh, I got the crown, which means I have bigger explosions now. And as yep. Americans, we like our bigger explosions, don't we? Yeah. Um, it's like apple pie. America, heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. <laughs> oh, the super fast ghost got me. Our skull. It's the skull. Evil, evil skull of... You probably probably need to slow down just for a moment when the screen's up. Yeah, yeah. All right, so no, this is... it's too easy. I want it to be hard. Okay, somehow I missed the portal to the new area. Um... And there's no return portal. Yeah. You want it to be you want it to be hard, so are you taking advice from Nick Morentes? <laughs> <laughs> His games aren't that hard. Yeah, it's so easy a ten year old can play it. Just ask Jacob Moore. <laughs> Need a wimp mode. I think this is a new section here too. Okay. It does have that new section smell. So um. I like what you did with the walls. It's the same thing I always did. It's just green. It's just blue walls. Now, one of the things you mentioned is you said you fixed a bug before where there was a single pixel that had, was not getting drawn in the original version. Yeah. Uh, vertical lines at the bottom of the screen would be clipped one pixel too early. Ooh. I That's the kind of thing that people are going to notice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nobody noticed. Well, not we got- even Tandy. <laughs> Well, we've already you've already established that there's 45% more dungeon and there's actually, you know, now one additional pixel too. So, yeah. now how much would you pay? Uh, but so wait, there's more. Point. Yeah. So this is good. So, uh, do you have an expected date when this will be ready for the public? Well, certainly by Coco Fest. Okay. Uh I, I have to sort of decide what I want to do. Do I want to do uh, do I want to have it available on CD? Uh, mm. Do I want to do digital downloads? Oh. Uh, do I want to do uh, you know actually ha- try to enforce you know you have to pay me money to get it or should I do like a guiltware type of a thing? So <laughs> I, I really what don't about, know. What about SD cards for the uh, Coco SDC? All the, it's yeah, a thought. Custom label and SD cards, kind of like uh, Paul Thayer did with Timberman. Exactly. Son exactly. of Biscuit. Okay. And boom <laughs> goes the dynamite. Uh. <laughs> a book. But the oh, transfer. Bruce, Bruce Moore has a great idea. How about a book? Get a strategy guide and then get the download. I Lincoln's. thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I actually done. literally thought about that. I thought about writing up the backstory of Temple of Rum. Uh, the original uh, yes. one that I came up with that was very Catherine Kurtzish, okay, uh, mm-hmm. very fantasy novelish, uh, you know. So, but uh, I sent in uh, the instruction manual. I wrote the instruction manual, and it had all this backstory about the Temple of Ram, and you know, you were a uh, you know, it's like a sword and fantasy type thing, and you were a mercenary that was hired to infiltrate because the bad guys had taken over the Temple of the Ram. Temple of Ram, and you were going to, you know, get back the treasures so that they could, uh, you know, invade and, and get their temple back, sort of a deal. Okay. And uh, so Tandy threw that all out, and all of a sudden it was Temple of Ram, 
in space. <laughs> kids, kids love space. Kids love space. It's the big thing. <laughs> That's All what of a sudden, was, you are an explorer for the Galactic Council of Worlds sent to this planet to beam down and... and Check out what's going on down there, sort of a deal. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that. Just to me, is exactly what this game is about. When I when I play Temple of Rum, Galactic Council is the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you need to clip. I, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, look at it this way: you outlived Radio Shack, so now you can tell the real story. Yes. Yep, that's true. That's awesome. Temple right. of Rom 2, Electric Boogaloo. That's it. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that with us, Rick. I know last week we were trying to possibly do an, uh, a, a nighttime playthrough of that. And, of course, I got tired and we couldn't get everybody together to, to do it. Um, so uh, if, we're, if we're all not too tired and stuff, then maybe tonight we can do a um, uh, maybe another gaming session. It would be great to kind of bounce between um, Digger 3 and all the swearing and then maybe Temple of Rom 2 and just, you know, to kind of keep it PG, we'll bounce back and forth. Um, and Steve, you were saying uh, that you thought the game didn't have enough monsters. So there may not be enough monsters in the new section of the maze. Or maybe I could add more to the, you know, the previously existing section of the maze. So I'll have to think about that. Okay. All right. Very, very cool. Well, thanks for letting us show that off here on the show. For those of you who have not seen it, that was the world premiere of Work in Progress of Temple of Rom 2 by legendary game designer Rick Adams. Can we get a thank you from you, Rick? Thank you. You're too kind. Oh, thank you. And thank you. Yes. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Rick, I have a quick question. Uh, are you still working on Omnistar 2 or is that basically done or what's... Uh, it's almost done and I'm, I'm just sort of stuck on it. So, uh, I need to, you know, you know, I was working on it and then all of a sudden life happened and, you know, now I, I just have to get back to it. I was wondering like, if you wanted to, you could probably release Temple of Rom 2 and Omnistar as a double package, kind of like Nick's been doing where he does yeah. his back catalog type thing and be kind of a nice double feature. Yeah. I had thought of that. Yeah. I, I could do that. Very Good cool. strategy guy. Or you could hack your way into the into the uh, Omni Star, and then when you break in, it's like Tron. You get sucked into the Temple of Rom. <laughs> the one, Castle that, of More. In space. Yeah, <laughs> David Lord. <laughs> it's got to be in space. In space, yes. Um, David Lord says, "Could it be the Temple of Rom also?" <laughs> um, no, that's because cool. bomb that's threat. Cool. That was in space, right? Yes, bomb threat. It's a space warehouse. Yes. So a warehouse on a space freighter that was owned by the Galactic <laughs> Council. Yes. Yes. <laughs> on its, it's on its way to a space output in space. <laughs> it worked the word space in it a little more though. Yeah. Out in the space I galaxy. I loved I loved Steve's take on uh, uh, bomb threat, which is you know there's bombs in the warehouse. I'm out of here, bro. <laughs> 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 Boss wants me to go in and save the merchandise. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Yeah, you couldn't pay me enough overtime for that. You want to keep your minimum wage job? You do it. <laughs> That's right. 
I, you know, the only way corporate America is going to appreciate me. <laughs> All right. Um, so now we're to that part of the program that we call updates and acquisitions. This is where we play show and tell. Did we get anything new this week? Did we work on a project this week? Do we have something to show? I know a few of us do. I know Mikey does. Michael Furman has something he wants to show off. Um, do you want to go first, Mikey? Sure. Okay. So I have right. stopped sharing. Yes. And, uh, let me... Let me roll the video here. Which uh, just uh, Ken Riker made me think of something. You could do a reskinned version of Shanghai that has basically all kinds of aliens and stuff on it. So that could be mm -hmm. Shanghai in space, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> Klingon symbols and stuff, you know. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Furman is going to share something with us. Pay attention. Shh, shh, shh. shh. Oh, the sounds of a floppy. David Lab would be excited. The hell is this thing? Holy crap! Acoustic coupler modem. <laughs> Look at this. You now, close captioning on our video. We may be <laughs> we have a printer arguing at the speech sound cartridge right now. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? <laughs> sure. Cold, cold talk is rocking the world. Oh, wow. That's awesome. We need Bruce Moore in here, the guy who can really sing. Oh, we're in harmony now. We may be mocked, but we may be mocked. That's cool. What's your name again? Portable data terminal. You'll find a dragon and a MC10. <laughs> There you go. Wow. Right. That was cool. Use like roll paper with that? Yeah. Uh, thermal, um, isn't that thermal paper? Use this thermal paper. Crack. Let me, uh, let me okay. uh, kill this here. And then uh, let me try sharing something else. 
One second. That was cool. How long? How when did you do that? When did you put that little thing together? Uh, I put that video together uh, over the last two days. Oh wow! And you have all this hardware, obviously. So you've got the. That's right. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to put on the camera here, but uh, it's not working because it's a little heavy to pick up. But I can, I can, uh, I can do it that way. I guess. Oops. How do I get out of this? Uh-oh, I think we're going to get a copyright infringement strike from D. Bruce Moore. Oh, <laughs> His legal team oh, is assembling the royalty check right here. All right, I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some exercise here. Oh so my goodness! This is the PRS80 portable data terminal. Wow. PT210. Muggable. Muggable data terminal. Yes, muggable. Portable. So on the on the back means you didn't need a crane. On the back, it just has power. Yeah. Portable meant it was something heavy that they attached a handle to. Right. Right. Uh, there's more. There's more to this. So uh, it has uh, two compartments. Uh, let me get this one open here. Very carefully open this plastic. Yeah, Robert Murphy says like the compact portable, right? <laughs> All right. So you have so two- in here have a roll of paper. Okay. And there's another little gadget. It has this uh, little board here, which is an RS two thirty two adapter. Okay. You don't have to use the modem. That's what's in this compartment. Right, you could plug it into a terminal station somewhere. That's that's correct. I for the uh, for the video, I actually did uh, I actually did drive it with the Coco. Wow. But uh, it was a How separate. They were recorded separately. How many baud? Well, I'll show you here. So How many baud do you the need? Acoustic coupler. Yep. So this this is the this is the device. Uh, basically, it has a built-in uh, 300, uh, 110, and 300 baud uh, modem, which uh, the modem is not actually not actually working. But uh, you can change the you know baud rate. It has half duplex, full duplex. Wow. Um, now is that hardware switched? Yeah, those are physically switched. Yeah, no, there, there's not... some switches here. Ah. And yes. uh, yeah. And the so bridge is white. <laughs> it's got this a better keyboard than up. the Coco ever did. Oh yeah, ones, yeah. And that's what right. that's what a thousand. This is a pretty nice keyboard, and I have a story about that, which uh, Mark and Mark and David actually know. That uh, the paper advance key, uh, I I took the keyboard out and I started trying to clean it with uh, clean it, the and the paper advance key broke. So I actually found a replacement at my local uh, local electronics store, Anchor Electronics, for five cents. Wow! <laughs> five cents for the replacement switch, and you would. Never know. You would never know that. If I could, if I could oh, they're not the key. You, ne- you didn't buy the key. You bought a switch. The, the switch. switch yeah. The switch ah, underneath the key. I was going to yeah. say, that would be Paper impressive room. that you found a replacement key it's today. A, the, <laughs> the installation of the switch is a little bit uh, crooked, but I mean, you know, probably probably if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't even know. So. Okay. And that's what a thousand bucks would buy you in 1982. Oh, my God. Can you Yeah, imagine? I don't remember how much it was in the catalog. It was under... 995 Okay. All right. Yeah. So I saw this. Uh, saw this on eBay, and I uh, couldn't pass it up. Oh wow! I say, so, where did you pick it up? And uh, I'm curious. Can I ask how much you paid for it? Uh, it was a hundred. I paid probably overpaid a little bit. It was a hundred bucks. Okay. I don't think that's um, too bad to be terrible. honest. But the sh- yeah. uh, the overpaying part was uh, shipping. 
I probably could have looked around and found a. I have I have more things to uh, to show. So. And I have a question. How much did you tell your wife you paid for that? <laughs> did I tell her I paid for it? <laughs> I even got it. A friend sent it to me. Yeah, yeah. He'll let you know when he tells her. <laughs> it's also like yeah. the word portable should be in with quotations on portable. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Portable. Okay. More like liable. Do you guys, do you guys want to see the uh, printing sample? Sure. Hold that up so you can see it. Uh, hold on. Let me spotlight you real quick. Here. Yeah. Uh, so I, have two, I have two more items to share. Hold on. one pretty second. good. here. Okay. Yeah, currently, right now, they're uh, out on eBay. There's one out there, a starting bid of $85, 50 shipping. Okay. Right. I paid about 70 for shipping, which is probably too much. But I'm just like, oh, what yeah. the heck? This seems like a really, really, really unique item. So Absolutely. This is just, this is just one of the sample printouts from, from that video. You know, you know what? When you more see pages the- of just, just goofing around on the, on the keyboard, you know, oops. If you if you're lucky anyway. if you're lucky enough to be familiar with the Coco Talk theme song produced by DeBruce Moore, when you see the lyrics, you immediately hear the song in your head. It's just become yes. that ingrained, you know. So as soon as I read that printout, I can hear Bruce's voice. Coco Talk is rocking the eight bit world. You yeah, know, so. um, <laughs> I didn't want to put music. Well, I could have put music in it, but it's probably better that I. Yeah, right. So, yeah, avoid so, that copyright ding from Bruce. So, uh, yeah, those <laughs> Canadians are ruthless. More the book, you know. <laughs> the Don't send the lawyers. He would get his and Canadian right. lawyer. We have to sue you, and we're sorry. <laughs> In so. 1984, at the Coco, at the Rainbow Fest, when I went, they uh, someone had one of those there that they put a, co- a Coco one in, and made it so that the printer worked and the. Uh, Acoustic coupler would hook up to the phone. One of the a PT three ten. Yeah, actually, but it actually had a one in it. Yeah, and it had uh, the LEDs worked and cool switches were made for the modem and the printer. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm I'm going to move on to the next item so we don't I don't hog it up. So it's uh, all about you, Mikey. The the electronics store. Ooh, twenty four hundred baud Hayes smart actual. Looks and like I saw new. this. Nine ninety five. And I'm like, Ooh. I have to take this home. Absolutely. That aluminum extruded case is worth at least that much. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I think I have I one of those. It, I haven't even plugged it in. But uh, mm-hmm. the the thing is, I don't even have a phone line to plug this into. <laughs> it's all, yeah. I saw his smart modem, twenty four hundred nine ninety five. Very quickly went to eBay and said, "Hmm, well that's cheap. I think it's coming home with me." Yeah. You can get like a magic jack or something. Yeah, that would work <laughs> so, probably. <laughs> so, uh, analog phone over yes, digital. Yeah. I I think there was a discussion on the mailing list about that, and it didn't it didn't work well. Um, Voip yeah. and modems. Okay, who is okay. who is Micah L? Who's in the live chat with us right now? Who is Micah? Me me I, I can't read the who it says here. So we got somebody with us on the panel saying. I will stay for a short time, then got to go feed my dogs. Um, who's that? Are you with us on the panel? And how am I pronouncing the name right? Micah, Micah L. Hello? Oh, is that Michael? I, I can't read. I guess it's Michael. Yeah, Mikael or Michael. Is that you? Who's who's Mikael? Yeah, that's me. Uh, and who are you? On Facebook. Oh, okay. What's your name? Mike? Is it Michael? Yeah. 
Hey, all right. Sorry, I just saw you were chatting and I wasn't sure who you were. Okay, sorry. We'll, we'll get back to you in just a second, then, Mike. Okay, Mikey. I have one more, one yeah, more uh, share ahead. item. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing some cleanup in my garage, and I found this this gadget. Okay, Dyson. One hundred four double sided floppies. Yes, it is an unopened box of. <sighs> Double-sided floppies from Dyson Corporation. Oh, the same oh, people yeah. would make the, the vacuum about cleaners, Dyson right? Corporation is <laughs> the Silicon Valley Color Computer Club actually had their meetings in the auditorium at Dyson Corporation here in Santa Clara, California. And uh, I definitely remember the guy, you know, my dad and I always sat kind of in the back of the room. There were a bunch of other guys in the back of the room. And guess what they were doing? Copying, copying, flipping tapes and yeah, flipping tapes and discs. Uh huh. Well, it depends. Up, I guess it depends on. Yeah, I guess it depends on what type of gathering you go to. Because in some gatherings, when people are in the back of the room, they're doing something else. They're passing back and forth a little of uh, the. Uh, <laughs> uh, we saw say organic so, herbal remedy. So. <laughs> I picked this up um, sometime last year. It was, it's been sitting in the garage. It finally uh, finally made its way up here That's to cool. my office. That's cool. It shrink wrap. Um, yeah, it's, it's shrink-wrapped. Um, I picked it up at Halted Specialties, which was a um, very well-known, very you know, um, electronics uh, surplus store here in the Silicon Valley area. And uh, they were around for like 40 years, and they just closed last year, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, they couldn't date. So uh, I went on, um, went on some of their closing days, and I think I purchased three items that day. I think I got this box of floppies, nice. which I should have purchased all of the ones they had, but I think I, I just got one. Some DIN connectors and, of course, a keyboard. Nice. I've gotten DIN connectors from them before. Nice price, yeah. too. Do yep. you guys remember a Dyson um, floppy that you'd buy that would be uh, one to um, a line or something your heart, your uh, floppy drive with? It had, oh, like an alignment that had alignment yeah. floppies and cleaning yeah. floppies. I yeah. have a cleaning one here somewhere. I had a cleaning floppy. Yeah, you had to squeeze a little cleaning juice on it. had like a little scratchy right. surface, and you put the little cleaning solution on there, and you yep. you ran a disc uh, any or something in a yeah. head That's cleaner. A, I, isopropyl alcohol. Was, but I, was that what it was? I wasn't, I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't speaking of a cleaning one for physical, but I think it's for testing speed. Oh, really? Yeah, the yeah. JNM disk yeah. controller, if you had the, the advanced JDOS, actually had the memory minder software built in that used that alignment disk to align right. your heads. Yep. Yeah. Ah, that's and it. So I have one, la- one last item. I've been doing some uh, programming. I'm currently working on a DW term. So I think, some, think uh, in the near future we'll have some new, a new release and some new features for DW term. And remind so. us what that is for those who don't remember. This is DriveWire for Disk Extended Color Basic, a terminal? Yeah. Uh, it's a terminal program for uh, Disk uh, Basic that communicates over DriveWire, and uh, I had made that as as just a programming experiment um, uh, in I think 2017 or so, um, and then in 2018, you guys were here on Coco Talk going, "Well, it's impossible, <laughs> impossible to use DriveWire <laughs> from Basic," and I'm like, "Well, guys, I already wrote that, so I released it." Hold my beer. Am <laughs> <laughs> right. I allowed to ask any of the features on the new one, like say Coco Three support or? Uh, it has it current it has um, currently can on a Coco Three it can do double speed 
and uh, it can also do um, 80-column text. But uh, I'm planning to add the color. I'm planning to add the ANSI, ANSI graphics support okay. as that's, well. That's what Robert uh, Murphy and, just uh, asked. Coco, v, Coco VGA support. Those are the three uh, three things I'm working on nice. for, for DW. Cool. Nice. What a guy. That yeah. is cool. Very, All right, that's cool. it for me. All right, Mikey, thanks you, for Stevie. thanks for the project updates and acquisitions. And um, now, Nick Morentes, were you going to show something? Because uh, Fuzzy has not seen your, or heard of your new game, Gunstar. Hard to imagine that people have not, anybody has not heard of Gunstar. Um, it's been five years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to share something, or is there a link? Well, can I can book? show my uh, the video I released a couple of months back, just a promo video. Um, the game itself is pretty well finished now. I'm just doing um, packaging and uh, designing how I'm going to sell it and all that. But I can show you the promo video I did back then. Okay. It's fairly Right. So it's only a short video and it goes for about a minute. Okay. So let me attempt to share a screen, I guess. Um, I haven't done this in a while. And then after you, I'd like to hear from our new friend, Michael, who I don't think we've spoken to on the air before. So we'll get, we'll get Michael in the call. Okay. He's back from walking his dog. View menu, Nick. Sorry? The view menu. Yeah, I've got, I've got it. I, I think. You should be seeing a screen now. So this is just a a little promotional video of the game itself. I'm hearing an echo now. I'm going to hit play. And that's it. (laughs) That looks awesome. Wimp or hero? Oh, and David Ladd is one of the enemies in the game, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me try and get my screen back so I can unshare it. Stop share. There we are. <laughs> so that's oh, it. Michael. I remember Mike. Hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> you, you, this is the first time you've been on the show, but I know you. You've you sent us content before. And I, listen. I listen to a lot of them, but I never got on. Yeah. How you doing, man? Welcome. I'm doing all right, I guess. Do you have Cocos? I got a Coco 3 that I bought from, oh, what's his name on your, in our groups. can't think of his name right now. Is it Mark Marlette from Cloud9? Cloud9? Nah. Okay. I never forget all what's his name. (laughs) You know that guy, that guy who does that thing. I have to look through my guy with the thing. (laughs) He's probably on here and he's probably like... Oh well, you're keeping you're keeping the beard ratio. You're keep, keeping the beard ratio up for us. You got fu- you giving Fuzzy a run for his money there. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> this may be our beardiest show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't go retro without the beard. You just can't. So. Oh man. 
So what do you do for a living? What do you do? What's that? Uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I was driving truck. Now I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I've just bearded up too. I feel a little inadequate here, so I had to uh, had to beard so up. Testosterone in here. Yeah. <laughs> Testosterone is that uh, the other is that, is that like a chef Boyardee uh, rejected yes. name? <laughs> it's the other other San Francisco treat. <laughs> cool. Well, we're glad you could join us. You want to, you want to do a quick uh, "This Is Your Life"? Tell us a little bit about your backstory when you did Coco when Coco was new and what you're doing these days. Or you don't have to. Oh, I don't got much to say because I wasn't even thinking about that. But what? Um, how I got into Coco? Um, well, it started in in second grade with the Apple IIe, and I wanted to learn a program so bad, but we didn't have no money, so I went to walk to the school in the summertime and got my teacher to let me learn to program on the Apple II. Then we got a Timex Sinclair and a Coco II and a Coco III. And then That's we got nice. OS9. Ah. And OS9 is still, well, I don't know, Nitro or OS9? One of them, my favorite. Best operating system ever. Of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's no accounting for right. And I think there's at least one Australian on here that will disagree with you. Yeah, but he's still wrong. <laughs> How much is Curtis paying you? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Then um, I was thinking of working on some video games for I don't know. I've always been thinking that. We'll see. And where Have are you? Where do you reside in the world now? Where do you live? Where? What part of the world are you in now? Oh, I'm in Ava right now, Ava, Missouri. Okay. My land's out in Van Zant. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I'm just staying in Ava right now. All right. Very cool. Is that well, near uh, Stephen Van Zant? Yeah. Or Ronnie yeah. Van Zant. Or... <laughs> 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 Very cool. Well, we're glad you could join us. Feel free to chime in at any time here as we're going through here. Um, uh, anybody else have a an update or an acquisition or something they want to share? Show and tell time? Yeah, I got something. Okay, well, Mark Overholzer raised his hand first, John Lowry. All right. So, um, <laughs> Go ahead, just Mark. Been we'll, sent to school. We'll get to you in a minute, mister. <laughs> <laughs> Fine with me. I don't like your sass. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark D. <laughs> uh, so I just received this week one of the new uh, Joey cereal switchers with the blue knob. Ooh. Anyway, plug up the three serial devices into my Cocoa of my choice and switch between them. So That's I can plug awesome. DriveWire in one and what else I plug into it? I'll plug something in. I'll did probably you have to request blue or was that assigned to you? Yes, I did. I had a choice of, I think, six colors. So Comes in your choice of designer collect colors. Collect them all. Yes. And there's like red and yellow and black and white and I think green. Red, green, blue, yellow. Black and white, I believe. Wow. Yep. That sounds like what I remembered. So, and then the other thing I got was this little thing here, which is uh, there was a company back in the 80s called um, Stellation Two. Two is the number two. Uh, and they had a couple cards they made. This one was called The Mill, and it's basically a 6809 on an Apple II card. And this one is a, chap a Japanese uh, gentleman uh, basically built this. This unit right here is the little switchboard that lets it run OS 9 level one. Wow. So, anyway. I can boot OS 9 level one on my Apple IIe. 
That is cool. pretty cool. Finally, so a, good, finally a good that, use. Though? Finally a good use yeah, for the it's Apple all yeah. Yep, everything's socketed here. There's, so we could make was, a six three zero nine optimized version oh, for it then, if we want. Yes, I could. I should. I'm planning on doing that once I get it stable. So, pop it out. So. Anyway, I got to get the OS nine stable because most of the disk images have weird issues with them. So. Is it the, anyway. is the issue the no, image normal. itself, or is it's just an, like a bad corrupted image, or? Yeah, that seems to be what it is. There seems to be something a little bit wrong with it. So okay. I'm just trying to find a stable version and get it to boot consistently. So. Luck. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beyond the trash can icon, you're on your own. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I never thought we'd have to do an ease of use for an Apple II. And then what's the other one that Boise worked on? It was Libra 09? Was that for the Atari where you put a 6 That was for the Atari. the Atari. Yeah. Okay. But he did offer to a guy who made a, a run of these, a clone of these uh, seven years ago to help try to build an Apple II version. So. Actually, I'm looking more like Mark Overholzer than Ron DelVoe right now for my beard. I have to say, I just need to get the uh, <laughs> the scientific goggles going on here. Uh, it's we definitely have four dollars at Harbor Freight. Yeah, we got a beard heavy show today, and I'm proud of that. Um, so, uh, very cool. Uh, is is that all you've you've is that your the end of your update for today, Marco? Uh, yeah, that's all I have for today. Okay. So. And then next, Mr. Uh, Poopy Pants himself, John Lowry's got something he wants to share with us. So. <laughs> this is this is something I found. Um, I'm going to have to share a screen real quick. Okay. Uh, but this is something I found that TJB Chris, uh, who posted in Facebook, and everybody's been, uh, you know, tripping out over his deload stuff, okay. uh, which is all really cool. Well, I've been exploring his channel, and I found uh, this one just – I don't know. You may have seen it before, but I've never seen it before. And um, uh, so I uh, just wanted to show it real quick. And if I can minimize this here. Okay. So I've got uh, MAME running uh, Coco 3. So, you know, this is a Coco 3 emulator, mm -hmm. right? But if you poke uh, FFDE with any value, oops. How about? No, you don't have poke on there. Yeah. Sorry, Excellent. my keyboard is. Proper spelling optional. Mame's keyboard is bad. <laughs> uh, and then clear um, 113 or 71 hex. Uh, oops. Okay. And then how about a number? Just hit the up arrow key to repeat your last thing. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it and works for if me, you, just not in disk basic. Then if you execute um, AO27, which is where Cocoa 1s and 2s jump to uh, when you turn it on. Uh, whoops. How about a H and hex AO27? Uh, you turn your Cocoa 3 into a Cocoa 2. And uh, you can prove it by like the with 32 command is gone, you know. H, H. Oh, so you just disabled the uh, microware extensions? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of turned uh, your Coco three into oh. a Coco two, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. And then you know you can. Is there anything we can do to turn it into an MC temp? Can we further <laughs> regress can we get here? Yeah, further? You just lift the window shade up a little bit, and then you. <laughs> uh, and actually, deload works here because you, you can, um, like with the Coco Three, you can. Uh, and I've done this forever. You can use deload to, to you know, deload is the same as hit and reset on okay. my Coco Three. 
I call them D-loads. See? <laughs> but if you clear that uh, FFDE, so FFDE, I'm not sure w- what that, that's usually like pointing where, where you point to, to the offset for the video. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that what that's for? Or, no, that's after that. But I guess that must like enable the ROM for the Coco 2 or something. Or it's that and executing AO27. Yeah, that's the RAM ROM uh, switch, basically. Yeah. Turns the ROMs on or off. Okay, so you must be, that must enable the ROM. And then that's, that's memory location 113. So when you execute. Yeah, that's your cold, warm start vector yeah. or flag, I should say. And then, yeah, then all of a sudden your Coco 3 is a Coco 2. I just thought that was the kind of cool i'd never seen that before is there going to be a test afterwards because i kind of was not been keeping track <laughs> no this, that was it okay. um, right. i'm done here so we're we gonna have to turn on the stevie con scale <laughs> yeah no it's just something i ran into uh off of that same guy's site uh and i just thought that was neat i never saw that before ah it, it, it works D-R. on a real coco three apparently ffde changes rom memory into ram memory and vice versa so exactly. it must be so, because yeah. when you turn a Coco three on, it goes into it, it ends in all RAM mode. So that must be re-enabling the ROM. Mm-hmm. It is. Also, and is the ROM an exact patched. copy of the Coco one and two one? Um, it depends. I noticed that because on that website, his video, he's using real Coco three hardware, uh, and he shows that even though if you enable the Coco two ROMs, the deloads uh, the code is still gone because the Coco three can't do used it. To, right, the the Coco three they took out the deload function, so, so they could put in the hooks to put the extensions in for the Coco ah. three. I so, because uh, nobody was really using the deload command, so they got rid of it. Yeah. Um, and so, um, uh, if you if you do that on real hardware and then execute a deload command, it just kind of crashes the computer. Uh, but I noticed in Mame, it, it it still works to reboot the computer. So it's almost like they're they're really putting the real Coco two ROMs in place. Mm. So, so it should be possible to do that. Uh, copy the then the ROMs, the Coco 2 ROMs to RAM again, poke in the missing deload code, and then run it. That should come up as a Coco 2 with deload. You're you're absolutely right. That's true. I bet you could do that if you really needed the deload function. Yeah. Uh, if, or yeah, you could yeah. also just write <laughs> rewrite the deload uh, command. Well, yeah, probably yeah. write a better, but, better one. Yeah, but no, you're right. You probably could do that just to, you know, as almost like an exercise or just to do it. Yeah. Um, you're right. That could probably be done. But it just kind of goes to show how emulators are kind of fudging in a lot of places. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, Mikey got out his uh, jeweler's uh, lenses there. I, I can't see you. Ah, you're fuzzy. You can, looks like you can <laughs> see into here. the future. He's been assimilated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Resistance is futile. <laughs> what was that movie? Brazil? Brazil, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a weird movie that is. I had to join the club. Yeah. Plus, I wanted to look at this oh. connector. I love uh, the little. Makes your eyebrows big, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brian Weasler, you've usually got a, something to make us jealous with. Have you acquired anything new this week? Oh, I don't know if it's anything to make anybody jealous or not, but uh, back in the day, and this is probably one of the few things that I ever got rid of, 
and I recently uh, reacquired one, and that is the the DMP. Uh, whoops, get her in the right. Oh, I got the right screen here. Hold on, let me do this. Sorry. You got one of those. Uh, there Dave, we go. David O'Connor uh, multi camera yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I got a DMP uh, one one thirty there. Got nice. mega printer. So this is one that I. That's one I had for a long time and did a lot of printing on and the, some of the, we were talking about some of those uh, text editing softwares and uh, I used TS edit and, you know, did some uh, reports and things like that myself and printed them all out on that. So that was kind of a, kind of fun, kind of picked that one up here uh, recently. And then uh, to go along with it, I also saw that uh, somebody had a box of three replacement ribbons. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, nice. So, are they so still that's sealed? That's probably uh, more than I'll ever ever use in my lifetime. Still now. sealed in the bag? <laughs> yes. Yeah. These are all the originals. Yep. They're still in the in the plastic bags there, and even have the uh, <laughs> I guess if you want to call them the the rubber gloves that are in there. Oh wow! With them, so you can. Uh, oh yeah, you can smear your ink on yourself. Oh, like, I forgot like about when those. you need the little hair dye gloves that you're getting. Yeah. Stuff exactly. There, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So those are in there, so you can. Uh, I mean, you have to take the uh, the cartridge apart, uh, the ribbon cartridge apart uh, to replace those. But uh, yeah, that was kind of neat. And then uh, also just a couple other little things is uh, uh, some dust covers. So I got a dust cover for the DMP. Oh, wow. 130. In the bag. In the bag, yeah. And uh, I also got a disk drive. Nice. Uh, cover. Disc Go with that. Cover. And then uh, two uh, multi-pack covers as well. Wow. Little dust covers there that go over those. So Wow. Yeah. I've never seen a multi-pack dust cover. They made a dust cover for just about everything. Yeah. yeah, I got a. I have a monitor one too that fits over the the CM8. Wow, uh, that uh, kind I mean, of a kind I of. You still need the CM8 on while you have it on there. That's for sure. No, <laughs> no, that yeah, would, right. Hey, things it get would, a little warm. It would shrink wrap itself <laughs> it shrink very wrap it, yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would not be. A, <laughs> that would not be yeah, those things would yellow something fierce too. Right, Brian, your yeah. printer looks clean like it's new. Yeah, this one is actually in pretty good shape. Uh, some of the DMPs that are out there, um, yeah, they're really yellowed. Uh, this one has a little bit of yellowing on it, uh, but really it wasn't too bad. So cleaned up fairly well. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'll do any sort of writing of that at all. I'll probably just leave it the way it is. It, uh, it does print and everything. The ribbon that's in it is probably a little weak. Um, so I might go ahead and break open one of these here and put a new ribbon in it and or hit start hammering away. So WD-40. Yeah, WD-40. If your ribbon is old, or old, dried out, spray some WD-40 on it. Let it set for a bit. I've seen that. I mean, are you talking about like you spray the whole the whole ribbon, just like saturate it, like inside the yeah. inside of it? Yeah, yeah. It's soak in. But oh, I'll have to maybe try that uh, little trick there. Maybe try that with this ribbon here. And if it doesn't, if I don't like it, then I got some refills I can use then. So <laughs> that's all I got, sir. Oh, very cool, uh, uh, Paul Thayer. Welcome to the program. Hi, Paul. You're muted. Yep, sorry. You caught me uh, in the middle of coding. How you guys doing today? Good, man. Good, then. Good. I yeah. don't have any updates. I'm just still plugging away at Downland. Thought I'd uh, hang out and listen for a while. Wow. Well, we're glad you're here. So uh, just so Chris knows, Fuzzy, Paul's one of the guys who's made some new software for the Coco uh, this past year. He made a cool game for the Coco 3 called Timberman. Um, which is, by the way, I'm wearing the Timberman beard. Timberman is a, a <laughs> game uh, inspired by Ron Delvo. Yeah. Uh, so, um, okay. Starring Ron Delvo. Starring yeah. Ron Delvo. So, uh, so one of our one of our new stars to the software community, 
Paul Thayer, thanks for being he, here. He also did a Christmas version. That's true. Yeah, Christmas. this year. Yeah. I, the original game was, I think, 2016. I think I did that. Okay. Time so. flies, man. I'm coming due for another one. Yeah. 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 You're working on, he's working on a successor to Downland. Do you remember Downland at all, Chris? Sounds it was a familiar. cartridge game. Yeah. But he's working on a, a, a sequel to Downland. So. And Coco 3 graphics this time. Yeah. I think so. it was Michael Ackermeyer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hey, Paulie, are you, Paulie, are you looking at having it done for Coco Fest or <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really have a goal. So, okay. you know, okay. if miracles happen, sure. Okay. Are yeah. you going to be at Coco Fest break. this year, Paul? Uh, yeah, I actually booked all my stuff. Uh, ah, excellent. This, this last week. Uh, yeah. Are is the other, the rest of the Thayers going to be here too? Uh, your brother? I haven't heard from him. Okay. On it. And his wife? Okay. Based um, on that, yeah, I haven't heard anything on that. But you guys are uh, the one thing I didn't do is I didn't get my hotel room yet, but I'll figure that out okay. as I go. All right, and I have I might just extra... bring a sleeping bag and hang out in the conference room. Did you night. reserve a table? Yes. Okay, yes, I that because I got do. some extras. So, um, very cool, very cool, <laughs> very talented family. The Thayers, the Thayer brothers, the <laughs> Thayer sister-in-law, all very talented. So. Is yeah, your, we're going to jam is, out again this year. Is your I got to get a set list for Curtis. Is your wife no, uh, right. musical or singable or anything like that? My wife? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I call her a cerebral musician. Okay. Because she knows all of the stuff, can perform, but chooses not to perform anymore. So. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So the talent, the talent runs deep with the Thayers, huh? <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Very cool. And my, my grandmother taught herself to... Uh, play piano by ear so wow i think that's i think that's where we get it from okay and then my uh my grandfather on my dad's side was uh let's just say he was an an inventor Hmm. (laughs) he was a very creative person so his main job was uh he was a glass blower for uh neon signs uh back in the day oh wow so mm -hmm. that was a pretty pretty cool thing but by the time i knew him he was well out of that game so i gotta say it's got to be exhausting you'd run out of breath eventually but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i have asthma gee i wonder wonder how that worked you out gotta make him. sure you turn them off first <laughs> <laughs> so, all right uh, anyway that's, that's cool. enough for me i guess all right that's cool anybody else got an update uh update acquisition anything they want to share anything you came across you found interesting or? I, I have an acquisition but it's not really Coco related, so I don't know if that's fine. Well, that mine wasn't, so oh, right well, ahead. true. Okay, I'll just share the desktop, um, like so. Oh, is it there? We are. I got one of those just yesterday. Oh, what is that from a good friend of mine, um, a fellow TRS 80 um, person, John Benson? That's a, it's a System 80, which is a TRS-80 Model 1 clone. Ah. Uh, it, w- it was available in uh, the U.S. as, uh, I think they called it a PMC-80. And uh, I think in London, England it was called uh, the Video Genie. I can't remember. But uh, Dick Smith over here in Australia uh, was importing them. They're a Hong Kong-based clone. And, uh, yeah, it... it it, it, basically, it's a TRS-80 Model 1. It has a built-in cassette player, as you can see. Mm-hmm. This one is a Mark II. This is an actual photo of mine. This is from the website. But, um, it has a Mark wood grain on the side? Yeah, wood grain on the side. Wow. I thought that was cool. So yeah. it, looks, it really looks retro. <laughs> yeah. um, it's got a cassette player built in. It's got the tape counter, VU meter with a volume control as well. 
And what so, did it, what did it what was the display? I don't see a monitor there. So did you have to connect oh, well, then a you separate plug, composite yeah, display? Yeah, separate composite monitor. Yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. So any any no, green screen monochrome. So that's uh, that's running basically a Z80. That's the that's a TRS80 clone. That's yeah. basically a TRS80 model one. Yeah. And yeah, the Dick Smith was actually a system that the Amigo guys just covered on their uh, retro gaming presents uh, when they did Outhouse, the original model one Outhouse. They were doing the system eighty. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Any uh, so, serial port on it? Uh, no serial. Uh, good question. I don't know. The TRS80 model one never had one, but I don't think the system eighty had one. I I only got it yesterday, so it's all oh. new to me still. What's the serial um, number? <laughs> uh, three, one, two. No, I, I can't remember. Is it, so is it be, functional? Apparently, yes. So I'll be testing that today. Okay. But yeah, that, that's my acquisition. Not Coco related, but it could it's still, be. It's well, retro related. It's, it's, it's Tandy. Radio Shack yeah, related. Yeah. Guys, don't let me forget we've got a new Joey and Coco to show off too. So before we travel off anyway. into some other tangent, uh, just remind me. Note to self, uh, we have a new Joey and Coco to cover. Uh, That's cool, Nick. Yeah, that Thank is you. cool. That is very cool. Yeah, oh, I just like the, the retro wood grain look on it. You can't go wrong with wood grain. <laughs> That's um, right. Uh, so, Steve, you look so intellectual when you stroke your beard. You know, uh, I'm getting used to this. I, I really like it. I feel so much more manly and like a professor. Yeah. You guys, uh, you're talking about the wood grain. Uh, out on eBay, there actually is an original apple that somebody has listed on eBay for $1.5 million. Oh, that's all? <laughs> that's all? You know, and, it's, and, it's, and it's the wood frame yeah, that they originally one. did it in. So if anybody's got some spare... Yeah, it, and I was gonna say you can't go wrong with wood grain. Just ask Atari. Yeah, right. They, they know. Yes. No, no. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, well, yeah. The wood, one million dollars. The, the, <laughs> the wood grain on this is actually plastic. It's just made to look like it's wood. Faux wood grain, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's genuine it's imitation wood grain. That's right. It's a fake woody. <laughs> yeah, uh, fake wood. the first the first apples that are out. Most of those are worth upwards of a million dollars. If you have an original, uh, yep. you know, Apple One, essentially. Yeah. The, do they have them at your work, John? <laughs> no, <but> I, <laughs> on display in a case? I don't. I wouldn't know. I don't. Uh, I don't work in California. So I um, I, there was an Apple One that was uh, on on eBay like a couple months ago, and the funny part about it is I read the description of the auction and it's like, oh, uh, I met the guy who owned that Apple One at the Vintage Computer Festival West. And I guess he decided it's time to sell it, which is sad. Mm. How, how much was he asking for it? Uh, when I looked at it, it was some $600,000 or something. I don't know how, I don't know what the friend he went for. Yeah, I, you know, if I had one, I'd probably cash out. Is I that, mean, that, is that American? Money. 600 American? or can <laughs> <laughs> Are people actually paying those prices for them, too? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah wow. for a, 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 an actual original uh, you know, Apple One, yeah. essentially. The, the so. fun part is uh, that guy was in, in Canada somewhere, but he said that he acquired the Apple One because somebody, uh, somebody wanted to trade in for uh, Apple Two. And they, I don't know if they had he said something like they didn't have the trade-in program in Canada. So he just took the Apple One and and you know made some deal with the guy to give him an Apple you know 
like fix up he was a technician fixed up a used the apple two and said here i'll take your you know let's just let's just do the trade <laughs> i'll take your old crappy apple yeah, one he put it on right? that made me so sad what yeah. uh how long ago what, was that a long time ago when he traded the apple two for that oh yeah yeah a long time ago he, the apple one trade-in um, was in 1978 or 77. So. so he's had it probably that long. So to make yeah. this cocoa related, what is the uh, <laughs> oh what is the cocoa one serial number zero 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 one go for? Do you think? Hundred bucks. Levial <laughs> won't sell it, so uh, you. you know, I, we, well, there is somebody that has it. Yeah, yeah Levial does. Serial number yeah. minus. And so, what so, do you think it's worth? Do we know who has it? Levial. Who's that? He used to come to Coco Fest. Uh, he retired to Mexico uh, when he retired, and then I think he did move back to the states. He used to hang out with John Donaldson and a few others from Texas. He literally has serial number one. Yeah, he brought it to the show. He actually showed all of us. Yeah, the pictures. Of, pictures of it uh, are floating it's around. Not Bob yeah. Rosen, is it? No, Lee Veal is the guy's name. Oh, oh you got his name. Yeah. He's got a beer too. He paid so, I mean, for he it. Right in. <laughs> so no idea what it's worth, huh? Well, it's, well, it's not selling being it, it so. being at its uh, birthday year. Yeah, I mean, when, when you say right. what is something worth, it's worth whatever someone else is willing to pay for. Yeah, you know, I mean, would so, pay, how much would right. um, would somebody here pay a thousand dollars for serial number one? Like uh, I, I know, I, no. I, I don't know. For it. I don't know if this value has changed, but I remember. <laughs> Mark Marlett talking about, you know, he had purchased the Coco 3s when you bought like a carton of them, or it was like four of them in the box inside another box or something like that, you know, where they're all like in the box, in the shipping box, or yeah. I, I might Pulpery. be, you know, so he's saying he had some of those and that there were some of those that were, he, people were, he said, I wouldn't sell it for less than a thousand dollars, you know, because it's just one of these rare, is a Coco 3 by itself worth, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing and fudging the numbers, but it was, you know. It was up there, and he was like, yeah, there are people who would pay that and have paid that, and so it's like, you know, what something's worth is what somebody's willing to pay for it, and um, exactly, I don't know that there's an, a market for a Coco 1 serial number 1 because only one exists, so you can't really compare it to anything. Um, right, and well, you have to understand that the there's not... The people who created the original Apple Ones are famous people that movies have been made about. Everybody knows who we're talking about and yeah. what their names are. It's not the same with the color computer. I mean, you're talking about hardware that that Steve Wozniak literally touched with his own hands and when right, they were making it. Right. Now, I think the closest Apple. thing we would have to that would be something like maybe what the image producers worked on, where they had that executive wood grain cocoa on a piece of plywood. Yeah, if you had the wood. prototype. Like, there's that prototype Coco 3 board with all the extra yeah. chips to simulate the gimme. That would be worth a fair bit, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, it absolutely would. But, I mean, still, the people who made it aren't like household names like Steve yeah. Jobs. Well, the other thing is too, the Coco one is basically a Motorola reference design. It wasn't. All that right. Yeah. Like the Apple one was an original concept that, you know, yeah. Like Waz came up with how the video worked and everything else, yeah. you know, yeah. to get that. So it's, it's a bit more unique. Neat. Also, Apple's still in business as a company and bigger than ever. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, <laughs> Whew, um, I got a job to go to Monday. <laughs> that uh, Apple one that's on the eBay for 1.7 million now is uh, in Boca Raton, Florida. Yeah. Oh wow. That's that is that is the one where uh, I was talking to the. I'm I'm actually reading it. It says here the provenance of this Apple One system is number 79. I took possession of it in 1978 as part of a trade-in for an Apple Two. Wow. 
and uh, he had it in uh, Montreal. Boca Raton is less than an hour away from me. I didn't go, go I'm mind. not sure how it got from Montreal to... Uh, Stevie's going to go steal it. I don't, at least Raton. I won't have to pay for shipping. So, so this is a machine. <laughs> Snowbird. Never be fanboys all over again. Yeah, yeah shipping is 110000 So this is a um, machine you would never turn on. You just look at it. No, the very thing I feared, well, somebody's looking to get married at the last minute. So I got to I gotta take okay. it off. He's got an emergency hey. wedding. Okay, Fuzzy. Thank you. Talk about it. With you. Thanks for popping by. Yeah, thanks Come for joining us. Week. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Catch you later. later. All right. Bye. Take care. That was awesome. Hey, Ron. They had yeah. all, they had what, all 12 or 13 of the Apple ones last year at BCF West. He was up. being polite. He's getting tired of hearing this Apple crap is going on, is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that is cool. Well, he didn't have to leave. We could all have been witnesses. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> and he mentioned that. He mentioned that. He goes, yeah, I, I, got, I don't have anywhere to be unless I get, I get a call for a wedding. Yeah. I'm thinking, how many people do these emergency last-minute weddings? Look what like, you guys have done. <laughs> think, think about this long and hard. Maybe the baby will be called Coco. Yeah. <laughs> I need a wedding stat. We're gonna name our kid. We're gonna name our kid Waz after that forty-five minute uh, breakout discussion on the Apple One. So uh, <laughs> I need to take a shower. Uh, well, I think the reason we were discussing is that if any one of us ever got an Apple One, you could you'll know, sell it and then you'll get the prototypes from Radio Shack. You get a whole, you get a whole bunch of cocos with that money, right? So. It would be nice to see a, a Coco with a serial number two or three. Yay, non coco <laughs> Apple 2C. I would love to see one of the wood grain original prototypes of the Cocoa 1, though. That would be awesome. We do have the prototype of the Cocoa 3. I think Mark's got it right now because they were trying to figure out chips on there. Someone who's, who's Mark? Marlette. Oh. Very cool. All right. Have we come to the end of the uh, acquisitions and updates? Anybody else have anything else they want to update us with? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Ron Delvo? No, sir. Hey, Ron. Through and through. Ron, thank you for putting this together today and getting hey, Chris sure. on the yes. show. Ron I'm has, already digging for our next one. Ron is our celebrity <laughs> booking agent, and you've brought through you've come through with some incredible guests, Ron. We are you at least, are you at least the, working on Fletcher? The, 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 the trick is the trick is not to pester him to death, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had to do an emergency <laughs> shave too. Sorry about that. The beard was getting a little itchy. So yeah. um, And how uh, many how many lunches has Ron put on his Coco Talk expense account? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, Ron, I want to thank you for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're just a, you're an awesome guy, right? You just bring a lot of joy and yes. happiness and contagiousness to the community and to this show. So, uh, <laughs> Rob Inman says, still no Charles Tandy. Um, I think we've got him in the same freezer as we do Walt Disney. So, we will thaw them out <laughs> and get them in here on a future well, show. Ron did say Charles he was going to dig up another interview. So, that might <laughs> dig up another interview. Um, yeah, Ron. So, I want to thank you just for being an awesome guy. And, uh, and I think, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, we had some technical difficulties right before the show, and then I got into like a really bad Debbie Downer mode. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I can't do this, blah blah blah. And Ron kind of talked me off the ledge. He's like, listen, man, we're here. 
we're going to talk about the Coco. Just shut up, man. Let's have a good show. You know? And so it's just like, Ron, you're just the awesomest dude ever. And I just want to say thank you for being you, man. You I are... ain't nobody. Jeez. I'm just a guy with two or three Cocos. <laughs> two or three Cocos. <laughs> two or three Cocos per square feet. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for the game that uh, the next Rick Adams game, it's going to be where you're. You have to venture through Ron Delvo's garage. It's going to be yeah. called Temple of Ron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. I think Delvo's temper, <sighs> Temple would be better. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, yeah. the cool thing is most of the stuff I have, most of all of it works, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, you can't say that with new tech, but old tech, pretty much, you dust it off, you know, you hit it with a hammer and you uh, stare at it real hard and then boom, it works, you know. So. Oh, my cell phone's three years old. Got <laughs> we, wa- we watched Sockmaster fine-tune his CRT just by smacking it a few <laughs> times. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It was just like, like every 30 seconds I mean, for like an hour. It, he had to give the monitor a smart wrap. Yeah, right? Is it time well, they... for and Coco yet? What's that? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Joey and Coco. Oh, that's right. See, I told you guys to remind me that. All right. So let's do that right now. There you go. Um, All right. So we are going to go back. We're going to go back a few just just to put things in perspective. Thank you, Mark D. Overholzer. So so if you remember a few few panels ago, can you guys hear me? Yes. I'm sorry. Can you talk a little quieter? Sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Can you make it a little bigger? Uh, I don't get asked that That's very she often, said. but yes. Okay. <laughs> so, could you make it? Could you make it pink? <laughs> um, all right. We can. We were, you know, Jason Reichert's got knobs of many colors, so we we have choices here. Um, Coming up on hour seven. Yes. Yeah, so a, a couple of uh, a couple of of uh, I don't know what do you call these issues episodes? What do you call a comic strip? A couple of yeah, episode episodes. Uh, comic okay. strip. Oh. So we mother- a couple of strips ago. Um, we had the conversation with Joey and Coco where he was saying, you know, I got a, I got a friend who's got a Coco and, 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 and the Coco was like, what you mean? I have a neighbor. I've got a friend here. And it's like, yeah. And then he asked what the serial number was and he goes, well, I'll go find out. And he's like, well, there was this one guy who was a Royal pain, right? So what are the chances that then, then your friends Coco is the same. We got to look at that Coco we got the serial number of that Coco, and it turns out here, he's like, yeah, it's the serial number 01351. And then Coco's like, no, it can't be. That's that jerk from the assembly line. What's the big deal? He somehow got some hand-wound resistors, and he thinks he's a big shot, right? Uh, and he got the 16K extended color basic upgrade for Christmas. For the love of Pete, now there'll be no living with him. Like, so this guy's got an ego because he's got special wraps, and now he's got an upgraded extended basic. So that's where we left off on number 14, previously on Joey and Coco. And so now let's see. World premiere. Drum roll, please. Let's see. Joey and Coco number 15. (laughs) And this one's called It Doesn't Matter. And here we have Joey talking to Coco, and he says, it doesn't matter that Glenn's Coco has 16K extended color basic, and we don't. We still have fun. And Coco's like, yeah, I guess you're right, kid. And now Joey's playing on the Coco, and on the final panel, Coco says, 
Is there a 32K upgrade yet? So it sounds like there's some one-upmanship going on here, right? It's like, I got to be better than that other guy, right? So there we have it, the latest Joey and Coco for your comic strip viewing pleasure. Thank you to Bruce Moore, as always, for bringing us your multimedia experiences. Um, cool stuff. We've had a great show today, and I, I don't even mean that sarcastically or self-deprecating. We literally had a great show today, and I want to thank Ron and Chris uh, and everybody else in the panel. And we had a, we had a great turnout. At one point in time, there was over forty people watching us live, so we we peaked pretty well today with our live viewership between Facebook and YouTube. We still got twenty five people watching us live right now. So let's take a moment to thank some of the people who have been with us along for the ride. And this is a funny Nick Marotta thing. When, when he was showing the video and talking about sudo, which is a Linux command, he's saying, well, that's a, was that a Phil Collins song, Su Su Sudio? Uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick Marotta, always with the quips there. So uh, what's his name again? Nick Marotta. All right. You guys. Well, that's on Yep, here we go. All right. Nick Marotta. You got to do it three times. All right, so Nick Marotta with the quips. Uh, we've, we've had so much live chat, I can't even back scroll to the beginning of it. So, But Al Hartman has been here, Ken Reichard, Rob Inman, Mikey, Nick Marotta, Robert Murphy, and Sixie. Karen is here, and um, Paul Fitch has been here, and Dave and Sharon have been here. A lot Dave's of people not here. Dave's not here, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Reichard, Alexander Wallace, uh, Viva Mexico has been here. Um, Dave and Sharon, and you know, all kinds of people have been here. David Lord has been here. And Nimble has been here. Paul Fitch, you name it. You guys were here. We appreciate the fact that you tune in every week, and we're sorry. Uh, I think we have the most Daves. I think that's the most popular. A lot of Daves. A lot of Daves. Um, how about we do this? Let's go ahead and roll the closing outro. Wait a minute, man. Weren't oh. you going to have a Gimes? Uh, we did. We did. Another Didn't one? We? You missed it. We can do no. it again, Ron. Another one? Yeah, it was a cool. Watch the cool. show, Ron. Okay. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, we can do it again for you. Hold on. Did All you right. guys like my video enough to see it again? <laughs> you, uh, you know what? <laughs> I would say absolutely some other time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's me. Too corny. <laughs> All right. How about That's this? Me. Just an encore presentation of the latest Coco Thoughts just for Ron Delvo. All right. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. In Florida, when the temperature drops below 50 degrees, residents think they have been thrust into a real-life game of Ice Master. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to CocoTalk at CocoTalk.live. CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world.
Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its past, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. So nice, you must say it thrice. Nice. It's Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. And still on the panel with us is he, he's finally made his Apple II worth <laughs> using by putting a 6809 in there. Mark D. Overhoser is still with us. Uh, he's still here. He's still Canadian. He's still sorry. L. Curtis Boyle's with us. Uh, John Lowry is here with us, just poking his way into D Load Mania. Uh, Michael Furman is here with his printers and his modems and all kinds of other accoutrements. There's 232 drive fire cereal. <laughs> if, only, if, if only David USP Ladd was here. Yeah. Okay, right, cue the snoring uh, sound effect. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> awesome, thank you. Uh, if only David Ladd was here, he could say something like... Uh, oh, I'm much happier breaking stuff. Yeah, and then we've got uh, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Thanks for being here, as always. Rondelvo, our celebrity... Space Force, man. Celebrity booking agent, uh, Paul Space Thayer. Force. Space Force. Rom in space. That's it. Uh, Polly Thayer, Mark Bosley is here, uh, 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 Brian Weasler is here, and Jason the Coco Man Reichard, and uh, have a look at this. Nick Marentes is there. Oh, it's Rocky. <laughs> the soundboard has been here. Stevie Stroh has been here. Um, Stevie Stroh, of course. Uh, we love Stevie Stroh. The Bruce Moore, love you too, man. Um, and what else was I going to say? Oh, so I'm just going to throw this out there because there's still a few people watching. Um, 
we have mentioned that we would like to get a few other people to help us stream the show. And so we're working on that internally, but I'd like to extend that invitation externally. If you are someone who would help us like to stream the show for when myself or Mark Bosley or Rob Inman is unavailable to be a streamer or backup streamer, we're looking for a few good folks to help us out. And the idea is, is that not only do we have backup in our infrastructure, but we've got flexibility. If you guys ever wanted to do a breakout show and you want to do an OS9 snooze fest, you can do that as long as there's, you know, somebody available to press the button, you know? And so we need a few more people who've got their finger on that button. Um, so, uh, oh, we have, so we do have a McClunky out here. Stay on target. Right here. McClunky, McClunky, McClunky. And then, um, so we've got that. Um, and so, yeah, we're looking for some volunteers and you need a halfway decent computer with a halfway decent internet speed, a decent graphics card. So we can get, you don't a, have to have a beard. You don't have to have a beard. No. You, you don't need talent and which no. is evident by everybody on the panel here so far. Um, but you need to have a halfway decent machine. So if you're interested in helping us, um, be part of the broadcast community and, uh, stuff, let us know. Um, Definitely could use uh, a few more. It would be nice where we could have like a rotating, uh, revolving door of streamers where that way we're not, one person doesn't have to do this four weeks out of the month. We could have a couple. We could even set up a schedule where, you know, every third one somebody streams. You know, there's different ways we could do that. And it's just nice to have backups, people on deck where if there's a problem or an emergency or a technical glitch, I lose my internet, we got somebody there. So, hey, Nick. Nick, yeah. Nick Marota. Do you, do you think his wife's after him? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's oh no, for me, no, I'm not trying to back yeah. out. But I'm uh, just saying, no, huh? Yeah. No, no, not at all. No. Yeah. But listen, my wife knows. But, but Stevie too. You also mentioned too, where you'd like to be more on the panel instead of uh, you know driving the wheel too. You'd like to be able to be more of a participant in our conversations at times too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of a public call for help. If <laughs> South three three six Victor says I have a Coco two, is that enough power? <laughs> is a Coco three enough power? That's all is you a Coco need. Two enough? That's all you need, man. It's all, all you need. You need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate, and so our number one backup has been Mark Bosley, and we appreciate you, Mark. You are such a trooper for doing it. Rob Inman does it when he can, too. But I'd love to have a good four, five, six people able to do it, somewhat proficient with it. And in, a, in, in an emergency, we could break the glass and pull in a backup. Uh, not only that, but we could have these breakout shows and these other shows at any given time because I get food comas, I get tired, I get lazy. If you guys want to do a late night show, you don't have to worry about me. You got five other people to to press a button. So think about that. Reach out to us, Coco Talk at CocoTalk.live if that interests you. Um, thank you all to the panel. Anybody have any parting thoughts? Um, I get Coco Talk uh, coma. You get Coco Talk <laughs> coma. Yeah, it is exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it literally is. So uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, everybody who tunes in the Nitrous 9 breakout show. Yes. Uh, the smash. Noin. Noin. Nitrous Noin. Yes. We should have all our wives and girlfriends do a show. Uh, yeah. The, honestly, <laughs> yes. The, the significant oh, oh, others. Oh. Yeah. The, the Coco Widows special, yeah. right? Here's, so. how, here's how long it would go. 
Am I on? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> right. So, um, anyways, thanks, guys. Any any parting thoughts? Final words? Anyone? Push the button, Frank. Can't wait till next week. All right, can't wait till next week. We I gotta play with my printer some All right, more. So this, just real quick, and again, the, the Coco Wives Club is what Robert Murphy calls it. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. So just so you guys know, too, I'm gonna we're gonna press the button in a minute here to end the broadcast. But I'm gonna continue to record a little bit more for a post show. We did a pre-show recording for about 20 minutes before we went live. And so we've got some cool dialogue and banter of us getting ready for the show. We're going to do a little bit of a post-show recording. And then this is going to be bonus content that we'll make available to our patrons that they'll be able to see Behind the scenes. later on. Behind the scenes, yes. So when when in front of the scenes is not enough, we'll give you the dirty behind the scenes. So, so. we're basically going to show our backside here. Yes, yes. So thank you, guys. Mm. We're pressing the button. Say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Bye, everybody. All right.